You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, this is Jesse, and in the future, pear trees will genetically modify themselves to stop overproducing fruit by punching bees. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Yeah, I like that. This is Melanie, and in the future, refrigerator handles will scan your hand and only allow you access to foods appropriate for your individual diet. Ooh. (laughs) Insurance companies are going to make that happen. I know it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that is is scary. Like a a good neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) This is Randy in the future. Self-driving cars will lead to... Self-driving segues. <laughs> Speaking of segues, how about that intro song? <laughs> it drives itself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think yes, I... it does. <laughs> <laughs> This I'm like I think I'm so disappointed in myself a bit because I'm the worst I'm the worst at at the future predictions and it's no. like it's well it's like the thing I was like super excited for I, uh, yeah yeah you were like hey I got this crazy idea let's do it and then let's you're like do it I don't know what to do I need to I need to start comp- I need to write them down yeah I need to I need to make lists mine are funny. I need, I need they don't have to be fun, funny. That was oh. poignant. Poignant. I need, I need to bring that. No, it's not. It's horrifying. Well, yeah. <laughs> the future is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Terminator. <laughs> Skynet. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything, and I know it's not part of the podcast, but you remember that story we heard where... They made an artificial intelligence and then drove it insane on purpose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's what, really what? not what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> no, yeah, what was that story? Actually, I'll probably leave this in because this is pretty interesting. I don't Do you really, remember much about it? I don't really remember. It was, you know, some university created an artificial intelligence and then they were like, I wonder if we can drive it insane. And oh, they did. Like, this is a news story. This isn't like a... Science fiction story. No, this no, is real life. It's yeah. Science reality. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's make a robot and then make it crazy. Then make it crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we're never gonna survive unless we get a little crazy. I, you know, when you started saying that, that song instantly popped in my mind. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Grolix podcast. Uh, we have a. I like that as a segue. Oh. You didn't even have to lean into it. No. Oh yeah, we're making this work. We're making it work for us. We have a lot to talk about, and there's we a do. Lot. It's like a crazy huge month. It, it, yeah, massive, massive month. Mm-hmm. So massive that I missed. I should save this for a segue, but I missed the Batman seventy first and seventy fifth anniversary, like Batman Day. 
Like I was yeah, aware I, of it, but I just sort of did too. Yeah, I, yeah. I just didn't even. It just didn't even register. I didn't even. It's Batman's birthday. Oh, it's, right, it's right. Batman. We should have got him a cake. <gasps> should have. <laughs> See, that's why we need refrigerators to check us. What kind of cake? Fl- what? <laughs> They're like, it's not your birthday. Not- oh, <laughs> man. Batman isn't real. Oh, refrigerator. Hush your horrible robotic refrigerator mouth. Shut your mouth and open your door. I want cake. <laughs> oh, For justice and reasons. <laughs> Uh, um. <laughs> oh man uh but yeah we'll talk about batman in a little bit we read some stuff for that um yes which was delightful and a lot shorter than i expected yeah 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 um first off i guess let's talk about what's new um so we got this 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 convention coming up well and yeah like since the last one we we recorded right before British Fest. Uh, you know, like British Fest happened. <laughs> yeah, and it, it it was pretty cool. I mean, you never know how a, a brand new con is going to be, but um, it was hopping. We didn't even. Yeah, we haven't had a chance really to talk about it since it happened, huh? Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, well let's talk about British Fest. I wasn't. You were there all weekend. I was only yes. there for a little bit. I caught a panel, which was pretty cool. Um, yes. Very cool. It was the only panel that I caught as well. <laughs> you were busy. Because it was it was so hopping that we really didn't leave the dealer's room. But um, the dealer's room was pretty awesome. Well, I only made it there Sunday. And when I got there and I went up to the – there's two ladies and I went up to them and paid them money and they gave me a name badge or whatever. Um, they were telling me that they had a – much larger turnout than they expected, especially for a first year convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said they ran, they ran out of like uh, the first two days they ran out of name badges, little plastic th- things on a necklace. They put them in, they ran out of that stuff. They just had a whole lot more, more people. So um, yeah, like on the first day they did that. So, I, so Saturday is your big day. So they'd already sold out of those. Yeah. On and, Friday, uh, right? The yeah. On day? the very first day. Yeah. So, they were like printing them overnight. Crazy. So I expect I expect there'll be another one. And I'm excited to go to that one. And and there should be an update and an announcement on that pretty soon. At least he's been teasing teasing that on the uh British Fest Facebook group. So hopefully. So we went to when I got there, I met up with you and we went to the Timey Wimey Puppet Show panel. Yes, which was actually the second panel that they did because the first panel was actually their show, mm-hmm. and then this was more of a behind the scenes thing. Which I didn't realize, and initially I was slightly disappointed, but the behind the scenes thing was actually really interesting and pretty amusing anyway because the guy's pretty funny. Yeah, well, and, and he uh, he also just uh, like he projected, or I guess he had a screen. So he showed some of the clips because he kind of pulled the audience right off the bat and was like, how many of you saw the show yesterday? And it wasn't very many, or at least there wasn't much of a reaction. Mm-hmm. So it was good because he kind of 
he kind of ran the gamut, showing showing what he did and then talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't go at all, sorry. Uh, but I actually got to enjoy the pub show also because it's on uh, YouTube. Yeah, it yeah. is. It so, is. Yeah. So I've seen actually quite a quite a few of them now. Quite a few. That, yeah, you yeah. probably have seen more than we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I made her. I pulled it up and made her watch some of it. Um, one of the things, and this isn't like specifically related to to what he does. And offhand, I should have took it down in my notes, but I forgot we were going to talk about British Fest. Um, so I'll have to. I'll, I'll get his name and and I'll. It was wait. uh Mike Horner. There you go. How could you forget that name? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things that I took away that was interesting is this. It's kind of what I always considered like the sculptor's eye. And I'm kind of jealous of it. He was talking about where he'd get the parts to make his puppets. And he'd go to thrift stores and he'd see some random thing like uh, a small toy plastic um like a teapot mm-hmm. and then he'll flip it over and be like, Oh, well the bottom of this would make a great, you know, piece of a uh, canine or something like the canine body. And then he'd have this other thing and he'd be like, Oh, I could use half of this and this would be a good, you know, whatever. And it's just that ability to like, look at some random object and see a little piece of it and be like, Oh, that would be great as this, like this, you know, Oh, you still there? Yeah, he's there. I've been here two times. Oh, you're in there two times. <laughs> what? Oh, hey, other me. <laughs> Doppelganger. <laughs> Doppelganger. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I can. I can ignore me, but cannot get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna ignore me because weird. <laughs> Did I do? I don't know if I should do that. <laughs> I can permanently block myself, and I really don't want to do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you were talking about the sculptor's eye, and you, like, yeah, being able to see a sh- a shape in something that's not, you know, it's not there, but you can see it. It's going to be there. Painters have the same type of thing where they'll, I mean, you know, a lot of times they'll sketch out what they want. But with painting, you know, it seems like a lot of times you're laying down layers, knowing later what this, like, abstract shape will be. Mm-hmm. And right. That's, that's something that I envy. And I was really, uh, that was one of the things I took away from the panels when he was, like, saying, you know, I made this puppet from this, this, and this. And it's just, like, I don't have that eye, and I wish I did. I wish I could, like, look at an object and be like, you know, that'd be a great, you know, Dalek uh, bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he, uh, well, yeah. Cause he brought that little like watering can That's and he was it, like, yeah. and, and sneak peek or, you know, like kind of teased at it. He's like, he just, he like flipped it upside down and he was like canine. And I'm like, Whoa. Yeah, and you I, could see the shape. After, but after like, he said it, I was like, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And actually on his Facebook page, he just posted, uh, some, some like designs because, you know, August is coming around. And so he's already uh, shown some of his sketches for the Capaldi puppet, which he, he mentioned he would be making. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, excited for Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, not to jump past that, but so, so then you, after that panel, 
Unless you had more you wanted to talk about on that panel. I'm sure there's more we could, but... You know. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, that whole time I was sitting there, like, I want to ask this question. I want to ask that question. <laughs> I, I, I got up the... Uh, I got up the courage to ask one question, but I could have asked like seven. Well, <laughs> and we left and I was like, dude, that panel, that panel was for you. I mean, it's doctor, <laughs> it's doctor who and it's puppets. Like, yes. You're, yeah. You're the, probably the one in the audience who like, mo- you had you, that panel was for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I was like, I was like, Oh no, is he just going to do a show when he pulled the audience and nobody was like, yeah, we saw the show. <laughs> I was like, Oh please. I, I want to know about the behind the scenes. That's why, that's why I saved, uh, you know, I waited until Sunday to see that panel. Yeah, oh yeah. And it was really oh. interesting. It was good. Um, so after that panel, you went back to the table and I went to go to, the next panel and I waited around and it was supposed to be, um, a panel with, uh, Dr. Who publisher. Uh, Oh yeah. Lars. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Publisher of Dr. Who books and stuff. And I got in there and that was the second panel he was supposed to do. I believe he'd done one Saturday perhaps. Yes. Um, And he had left before the panel. Lars Pearson. Lars Pearson was not there. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, had, apparently had left earlier. Yeah, something. He had left before the panel, but you know, which is fine. Um, but there was, and the room wasn't packed, but there were several of us in this room at this point, and we hear we hear some of the organizers behind us kind of talking about, oh, he's gone, blah blah blah, you know. Um, so one guy, and I hope I hope I see him again around at another convention or at the next British Fest. But one guy is like, well, we could you know, either, you know, cancel the panel or we could just do a general Doctor Who panel and just talk about Doctor Who. And everybody's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, let's let's do that. So he went up to the front and he was just, you know, just winging it, and which was cool. And I was into it. And uh, he seemed like a likable guy. And he started talking, he started going through um, basically the history of Doctor Who, starting with, you know, the first Doctor and talking about companions and stuff. Right. And I was like, okay, this is cool, but this is going to be trouble because I'm only only up to the fifth doctor um, and I don't want, I don't want six, six through eight spoiled, even though, you know, it's old, it's been out forever, but it's new to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's going and I'm into it, you know, and, and it almost felt like he's making, I don't know, like. Because I was making a lot of, like, nods, like, yep, yep, that's how it is. You know, he's saying this. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember that, you know. So it seemed like he was making eye contact a lot, this guy, doing the panel. And he got to the fifth doctor. And I was like, uh-oh, what do I do? What do I do? How do I handle this? And he's talking about it. And then he, he gets to the companions. And then he pulls up a slide. And it's like, there's companions on there I hadn't seen. And I was like, oh, no, this is, this is, this is emergency zone. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I didn't want to be rude because I like the guy was being nice and he like like putting myself in his shoes of like okay what do I do there's nobody for this panel but there's people sitting here so I'm just gonna go up there and sit there and talk at him yeah like would be kind of mortifying so I didn't want to be rude and just like get up and leave so <laughs> so I like. <laughs> But I had to get out of there or else I was going to get spoilers um, because they had, I seen, what what's his name? Chameleon? 
Chameleon, yeah. And we hadn't got to that yet. And I was like, what's that? What's that robot? What What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so so I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. What do I do? I don't want to be he, rude. He was going to spoil a whole two episodes for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we, we've finally seen him. He's been in one episode. And then we've watched several episodes past and he hasn't been in it again. I'm assuming he'll pop up sometime. But yeah, he's in. I think he's in two episodes. Really? That's it. it? Pretty. Yeah, because he. Did he talk, like how much did he? Did you hear? Basically, he was. He, basically, he was logistically hard to do. Oh you, yeah, you know, yeah, like, that makes sense. The idea behind him was great, but like in order to actually pull him off, he was not great for the technology of the time. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, they could have like looking at him in the episodes we've seen him in. They could have simplified that for for themselves too, yeah. Because it was like it was a whole like chameleon was a whole like construction. It wasn't necessarily like a dude painted silver, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, they should right. use they should have used uh, the little like poop poop like disappearing uh, guys from uh, the that guarded the tomb of um oh the Rastalon yeah rest on robots or whatever yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah. Those guys are rad. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> yeah. that was pretty cool. Except every time he's like, okay, we're getting sidetracked. But every time he jumped, yes, yeah. he'd like jump and disappear. It was always like this big arms flailing, like, Bleh! and then they, <laughs> yeah. you know, disappear. Oh, yeah. He was totally, he was like straight out of Power Rangers before there were Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah he exactly. Was. <laughs> Good call. And I, I believe he was um, like a, a Japanese actor. Um, so that's probably what he was referencing. Not not Power Rangers because it's way before that time, but like Ultraman, that kind of you know that era of mm-hmm. Japanese television. Interesting. So yes, it is. Makes sense. Okay, so so I had a dilemma. I was tempted, so tempted. I was about to raise my hand and be like, "I have you know just to tell him, the guy yeah. in the panel, I have to leave because you're going to get spoilers." But then, yeah. but then that's like drawing attention to myself. So instead. I pulled out my phone to make it look like, oh, suddenly there's something happening on my phone. <laughs> and I got up and walked out of the room with the phone in my hand so it looked like I had a f- call coming or something. Yeah, I right, d- right, right. I didn't. <laughs> oh. I just didn't want to seem rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's, but now the, the cat's out of the bag. There's my story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot more about British Fest uh, to talk about British Fest. What are some like, what are some highlight moments for you? Well, I mean, we worked pretty much the whole time through. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the dealers' room. You were in the dealers' room for a little while. It was it was a pretty hopping joint, and I thought, you know, considering that there was gated entrance, you know, like you had to pay to get in. I, I was a little worried when we first got there how it was going to go because it was kind of off. You know, it wasn't like right with the main stuff. You had to go down this hallway, which actually went past the swimming pool. And then it was just this one little room that was kind of out of the way. And so, like, that was my initial trepidation was that people aren't going to actually come back here. But uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. It was kind of like, you know, once the panels were done, that was one of the places you go. And, uh, I, you know, the only panel that I got to was that one was was the uh, Timey Wimey Puppet Show. And I don't regret it either because I had uh, several people just stop, you know, and they weren't, they would look 
and they wouldn't necessarily be interested in buying anything. But then uh, come to find out that they had actually done panels, and I got like my own mini private panels, uh, like at least twice nice. throughout the weekend. Yeah, awesome. I had one gal that uh, sat and talked with me for at least an hour on just uh, the Eighth Doctor and the audio plays, which was really cool because like how 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 often does that happen, and and who you know, how often are you just going to run into somebody randomly that can talk about the eighth doctor? Like you really got to kind of be into it in order to really, you know, seek out the eighth doctor because the majority of his stuff is, is audio and no video. Yeah. And then there's always been that question of, you know, like how legit is the eighth doctor, which, you know, I mean, with the recent 50th anniversary stuff, you know, there, that's all, you know, it's it's obvious he's he's canon. It's pretty much all canon. But you know, for a long time, it was like, is is he? Isn't he? Because he's the, you know, the American Eighth Doctor. So is he really the Doctor? So, so I have yet to watch the TV movie because it's in that that period, right? But so if he's canon, does that mean Eric Roberts is the Master? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. How, sort how sort of. Is... I mean, like you can you can get around it though. I mean, like I without spoiling it. It's 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 sort of. <laughs> sort of. Sort of the master. Yes and no. So, you'll just have to see it. Okay. Um but yeah, that's cool cuz that it is a pretty hardcore fan to be able to to dish on Eighth Doctor audio plays for like an hour, and that's super rare to come across. Yeah, at least, at least around here. And she was doing uh, the Sherlock panel that my wife went to the, uh, on Sunday, and uh, <clears throat> which we actually crossed paths with Holly. Mm-hmm. She was coming out from that panel as we were going into the puppet panel, and uh, <clears throat> I had found that out in conversing with her. So she, you know, like she did a, she did panels and then I ran into this other guy who, which I wonder, uh, was the guy that did the the impromptu panel? Was he kind of an older gentleman? No, he was kind of a younger guy. Oh, okay. Um, I, well, I, the the other person that stopped, uh, and talked to me for another hour, like on a different day, it was like, like part of me is like, I really need to be working. (laughs) I got to pay off this table. But on the other hand, Mm -hmm. it was like really cool because he, he uh the first day was the only person that came dressed as uh the third doctor and so i i had to you know i had to comment on that and uh so that got us into this whole conversation about um you know, like the classic era um all the spin-offs like we talked about there's there's a whole bunch of spin-offs that like the only the only thing that they have in common with Doctor Who is that they are about this specific thing, like um, the Autons have like three movies. Yeah. Where the, the only thing about them that is Doctor Who related is the fact that it has. Hello. Oh no! Is there another Jesse? Is there another? Are I can still hear oh, you. Oh, oh, the other Jesse left. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. He's... Yeah. Um, the Autons <laughs> were the um only thing about it that that had anything to do with Dr. Who. So have you there was, seen, I mean, like that's just one example. There's tons. I, I'm sorry to side, keep sidetracking. Have you seen those? Um, I was going to, I started watching the first Auton movie and I haven't, I didn't like, I didn't see it through, but uh, there's a couple 
and I wrote them down that I, I definitely want to track down eventually. Because yeah. there's one that has several people like, um, um, oh, what's what's uh, Leftbridge Stewart's daughter? Oh, okay, yeah, um, um, she's in it, or it's it's like where she's kind of introduced, and it's got the Brigadier, and it's got Sarah Jane, and it's got like a lot of of the companions. It's kind of a companion chronicles type of movie. Can't remember what oh, it was called. Man. Yeah, I want to check those out. I just recently learned about those. So yeah, that was that was Bruce Fest. It was a lot of a lot of awesome drawing, and uh, you know I can only imagine that all the panels were as awesome as the ones we saw, mm-hmm. because uh, you're talking to the people that I that I did, you know, like, like those panels had to be awesome too. Well, yeah, this I had to work Friday and Saturday, but in the future, much like the next convention we'll talk about in the future. In the future, segues. in the future, segues. in the future, segways will walk you. Uh, <laughs> two cons and back. Two cons and back. There, it, um, it'll be the segway con. <laughs> oh, 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 hey. uh, okay. Um, but I'll try to make sure to get work off for for. Hopefully, they'll you know, we'll get an announcement on a British fest, another British fest, and all. I'll request those days off well in advance. Yeah. But speaking of segues, I do have, <laughs> I'd have all weekend free for Ozfest. Yes. Not to be, con- and, not to be confused with Ozfest or apparently there's another Ozfest OS. Yes. Uh, operating system. <laughs> is that what it is for? No, there's all um, it was, it's a Donnie and Marie Osmond. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That would that would explain why one of my Twitter followers was like Ozfest. I was like, yeah, it's this one. It's about science fiction. (laughs) Yeah. I was doing a search for the website. I was doing a search for the website, and I come across that, and I was like, oh, nope, that's that's not what I want. (laughs) Um, But no, No, this is the Omaha. No space. (laughs) Yeah. This is the Omaha Science Fiction Education Society. Yes. Festival. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been to this one either. This will be the, my first time at it, but it's an established local con. This is its seventh time. Oh, it's its seventh? Wow. Yeah, this is Ausfest 7, and which which made me wonder, like, when do you when do you drop the number and just go with the year? Yeah. <laughs> like, at what, at what point do you just stop numbering it like that? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know I don't know what to expect, but uh, looking at the panels, uh, I think they look pretty interesting. There's a lot of interesting panels on there. Um, I was having trouble finding maybe it's maybe it's it's out now. More information on on specific panels. Um, I did come across like lists of guests and stuff. There's a uh-huh. lot of, a lot of science fiction authors and stuff like that, which Melanie's excited for. Yes, I she, am. She likes science fiction books a lot. Yes. Um, the the website is a little bit unusual to navigate. Like if you click just right on there, uh, I believe it's the events page. It uh, that's that will bring up all the panels for whatever reason. Oh, really? Okay. And so gotta, yeah, I, I didn't find right. them. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to know the code. <laughs> you got to be able to. You speak it in Klingon, man. <laughs> Oh, there are, 
there are several Klingon panels, aren't there? I, yes, I, I yeah, there's I, like... I've seen that. Klingon Iron Chef and Klingon Jeopardy and... Like Klingon cussing and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the, the the gentleman that I talked to that was dressed like Pertwee, he was he was uh, going to be very active in that. So I, I found out a lot about you know, like I kept hearing about Ozfest throughout the weekend at British Fest. So I'm pretty I'm pretty um, optimistic that it's going to be a rad con because people just kept talking about it. So and you guys have a t- you guys will have a table there again. Um, uh, yes, you and Axon. Excellent. Yep, and this is it's uh, two of the ballrooms apparently for the dealers' rooms. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, lots of dealers. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that means, but it seems like a good sign. From a lot of the activity, I've been. I follow them on Facebook. From a lot of the activities they've been posting that I've noticed, it seems like it's going to be a pretty sizable convention. Um, they have. They're going to have um, gaming all weekend. In fact, you mm-hmm. could you could if you wanted just to do like the access to the game room, you could get a pass just for the game room all weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna do like film festival all weekend, playing like yeah B grade science fiction movies and different stuff, including the Five Ish Doctors reboot, which I do want to catch. I'm gonna try. To yeah, catch. yeah. Um, I'm excited. So, but yeah, and then all the all the guests and panels, and it sounds pretty sizable. One well, one of the things that um, if there was a criticism about British Fest, it was the pricing for kids. Uh, the one thing that I'm like super impressed about with Ozfest is is first of all the pricing for kids is it's like fifteen dollars for the entire weekend for kids. Oh yeah, which is is pretty. I mean, you know, it's still going to be pricey if you have a big family. But then on top of that, they also have um, was it Seeking Sitters? They actually will have they have a daycare that's going to be uh with trained like certified trained staff members so yeah that's pretty cool i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. i don't know if other conventions or anything do that but i i I was really impressed with that i hadn't heard heard of something like that yeah it's super convenient Mm -hmm. Um, i mean kids want to go and see cool things but are they really going to want to sit through a, a panel you know yeah yeah um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. I've got all those days off. We got the weekend pass. We'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. I'm gonna try to uh, harass some people. Hopefully, I can get some some <laughs> audio recordings and pictures and whatnot, and we can either throw those. I'd like to do interviews. I want to do some interviews with people at the convention, and then we could either. I'd like to either compile that into like a special uh, Garlics episode, or maybe oh yeah, yeah, or we could put that depending how much actual like material I get, or we could put that in the next episode. But I definitely like to get some type of material um, because I'm sure there's going to be a ton of interesting people to talk to there. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Me too. Um. <clears throat> oh, and I have their website. I took I took some notes. I usually don't. I took some notes. This is what I did instead of coming up with a future prediction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, their website is www. It's osfe. 
es.org, ospes.org. And they're they're a nonprofit organization. I thought that was that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're the Omaha Science Fiction Education Society, is that right? So yeah. That's yep. what OSFES, yeah. without the T, the T stands yeah, for. Exactly. The T is silent, people. It's silent. <laughs> Wait, no. It's no, so it's silent, silent, it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, invisible silent T. <laughs> for our main topics, we, we're going to talk a little bit about Batman, and then we also have a bunch of Doctor Who. And really... um. I mean, I don't know if I can say we have regular listeners. If we do, I don't know how, how into Doctor Who they are, but I figure a big chunk of what we're going to talk about is the Doctor Who comics, so totally relevant. And this will be the last Grolix podcast before the new Doctor Who series starts on the 23rd of August. Mm-hmm. I'm right, su- right. Super pumped for that, so I figure we got to do, we got to have a, a Doctor Who special. Yeah. So. Can I address really quickly? You can address whatever you want. Because it was what I voted for that um, oh, we are yeah. delaying the Duncan the Wonder Dog um, for another uh, episode. Yeah, we're going to rain check Duncan the Wonder Dog till next the next regular episode, um, our poll list, as is our right to do way back <laughs> <laughs> Way back in episode one, we just got all defensive about it. Like, hey, hey, listeners, I'm just going to curtail your hearts on this, but we're, we're we we reserve the right to Way, refuse you. Way back in episode one, we we give ourselves that right. Yes, <laughs> just going to curtail it right now. Yeah, yes, yeah. This is not a democracy, people. Even though you vote for things, you can vote for it. I'm still going to say when. <laughs> yeah. No. It's kind of like the Electoral College. <laughs> if you live in a red state and you voted for a blue candidate, well, tough luck. <laughs> so, I mean, what it comes down to it, those two people that voted for Duncan the Wonder Dog, one of which might have been Melanie. <laughs> might have been. <laughs> <laughs> you two people are out of luck. I'm sorry. No, we got super busy. Um, we actually did find – how is it broken up? It's like show one, show two, stuff like that? That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and we it, and it's kind of – it's like a pricey book. Uh, and so I was like looking for it and then found that show one is available. It's like over 40 pages long, and it's free and available on the site. And, of course, I found that like – last night yeah we didn't find that which too. did us no good but so it's a combination of we were gonna we couldn't f- easily find it we we're gonna order it and then we discovered it's free um but we just really it comes down to we just haven't had the time for it yet um yeah. but we're not vetoing the, that we're just gonna rain check it so yes yeah. yes it's still next. It's still next. Yeah. So the other person who voted for it, if you were expecting it this time, well, you'll just have to stay a listener for one episode longer yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, suddenly I feel like maybe our attitude was was not justified. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So sorry if anybody was super excited to hear us talk about that. We will talk about it next time. But we had that right. <laughs> <laughs> And then, um, yeah, no, thanks for bringing that up. I almost forgot. Mm -hmm. And then this is, we're in between swamp studies. So 
as it would have usually been, Swamp Studies is next episode. I don't know if anybody's excited for those, except for me. <laughs> me too. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we'll be talking about Swamp Studies, or Swamp Studies, Saga of the, Saga of the Swamp Thing, book three. Do you have book three yet, Jesse? Not yet. Okay. I'll help but you. I, I, I'll yeah. help you. I actually, actually, that's that's the one I do have the hardcover of that. Um, it's good. Nice. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that next episode. But this episode, let's get back to where what we're talking about. Yes, sorry. No more swaga. <laughs> <laughs> swaga the swamp line. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll talk, we should talk about Batman. We'll talk about, a little let's, bit about. Let's talk about Batman. Batman. He's really old. He's a he's yeah, he's an old guy. <laughs> he's a pretty old guy. He's been around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. As as I'm sure anybody who's following comics knows, it's the 75th anniversary was this this month or mm-hmm. last month, I guess, when you're listening to this. Um. And they, you know, tried to make, they had they made a deal of it. They had a Batman Day. Yeah. And they when the had, Comixology um, released all those free um, downloads, or not downloads, but free issues on their site of, like, the first Batmans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had um, uh, the very first Batman story, the Bat-Man story, <laughs> um, from Detective Comics number uh, 27. Was that in 1937, or is that just when the Detective Comics started? Because I know Batman got his own his own series in I think 1940. Huh. I just can't remember what year that story actually came out. Anyway, um, and then they also had available uh, the Detective Comics number 27 special edition that you could download, and I got it. Uh, if you you if you went to the comic store on that day, they were giving out the physical copies for free too, mm-hmm. and that right. Yeah. And that actually also contained the original Detective Comics uh, Volume 1 story. Mm-hmm. And then it had that retelling and also that um, short story, like that future Batman short story by uh, Scott Snyder. And all those, they original, or they had run in the New 52 number 27, and then they also like had some other stories and stuff. But this was just boiled down to like, you know, kind of... Where Batman came from, and then kind of a you know where Batman could possibly go type story. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be cool if we read the original and the retelling, and just kind of discuss those a little bit. And yeah. at, at one point, I know I at one point I had read the original many years ago, but it'd been a long time, and I'd forgotten a lot about it, including a couple things that I got a reaction from me, and then. Melanie read it. <laughs> Melanie read it last night, and she got a reaction from different things. But her first reaction really cracked me up because she's reading it, and all of a sudden she just goes, "What? What? What?" <laughs> she just like <laughs> exclaims. <laughs> well, it was ridiculousness. The the what it was was um where okay, sh- yeah. This is the beginning. It's kind of this 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 is like the beginning of the story. So go ahead. And, yeah. yeah, Commissioner Gordon is is with Bruce Wayne at some social function or, or other. And uh, they're talking about things being boring. I don't know. And then Commissioner Gordon gets a call or something. And he's like, and he's like, oh, there was a homicide. That's interesting. Do you want to come with me, Bat- or Bruce Wayne? And I'm like, 
In what world would this happen? That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, all, come, come visit the crime scene with me. Yes, exactly. It was a murder. Like, hey, civilian. <laughs> an interesting murder. Come on. Come tramps through a crime scene with me. Yeah, I was like. trustworthy, Mr. Wayne. Yeah, I was like, what is this? <laughs> would you like to see some impalement? <laughs> It's like if if this is how things were in the thirties, then no wonder crimes never got solved. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it And then Bruce Wayne's just like, Why yes, I will come along. Yeah. I have nothing else to do. Why not? Oh, it's... And it's so funny because that is the attitude it was. It's like, yeah. well, sure, why not? Sounds sounds interesting, sounds fun. Yeah. Oh <laughs> sounds fun. I... <laughs> That was, like, I knew it was old, and reading it, I knew there was going to be, like, because really old comics, it's just, the story was, I don't want to say basic, but yeah, it's more basic storytelling, and there's a lot of cliche things in there. Um, Well, and it's only, like, six pages, right? Yeah, it's a pretty short story. One part that amused me was... So they're at this crime scene, and they play the whole, like, well, the knife has this guy's prints on his son's prints on it. He found him, and blah, blah, blah. He's the murder suspect. And the guy's like, I just found the body and pulled the knife out of his back. And it's just like that thing of, like, they. it seems that was, like, the wrong man type thing that they'd always pull back in the yeah. day where it's, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, caught red-handed because you find somebody with a knife in their back and you pull it out. That just seemed very cliche. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I show up to work on Monday, pulling a knife out. Pulling a knife out, it just happens. I mean, come on, you know, like, if you blamed everybody that happened to pull a knife out of somebody's back, <laughs> we, I mean, can you imagine clogging up our judicial system with that? <laughs> they have better things to do, like hang out with rich socialites. <laughs> They have better, they have better things to do. Oh, yeah, like arguing about Hobby Lobby. <laughs> no, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, one thing that really got me, and when I read it, I sent a message to Jesse about it. Was so towards the end of the story, Batman showed up. Oh, you got to talk about where Bruce Wayne's like ho hum. But <laughs> he does. He literally says that. I know. He's a ho hum. Well, this is boring. I'm gonna leave the crime scene. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, surely not. Not enough action here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what really got me was Batman's figured out what's going on, and he's fought the bad guys, and we're down to one bad guy, and it's the the bad guy goes to run, and he falls over into a vat of acid. And what really yeah. got me was Batman, what Batman says. He's like, fitting in for his kind. And I'm like, <laughs> the dude just died in a vat of acid. And uh, it just didn't seem very Batman-like to me at all. Yeah. Um, I think Melanie disagreed with me, though. I did. She she thinks that's Batman. Well, I think <laughs> Batman uh, has, has a hate for criminals. And uh, he's not going to kill them. But when they die, he's not going to go out of his way to be like, oh, no. He's going to be like, have some, you know, some smart aleck comment about, well, 
that's what a life of crime leads to. It seems totally in character for him to me. Well, I mean, uh, in the '30s sense, that's, that's not he didn't well, do a very okay. good job of it. But I, I mean, at this point, this is the first Batman story. There is no like in character for him. That's the character. But like, given what he became, even shortly after that, it just struck me as so odd. It's just like, it's like okay, Batman's not the warm, fuzziest character. But it seems odd that, like, the the guy literally just died in acid. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a, like, cavalier, almost, like, vindictive, you know, fitting end for his kind. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, if the guy had died, like, ironically, somehow, like, he got mugged or something, or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Even that, Maybe actually, would've... that wouldn't even work for Batman, because Batman would be like, oh, my parents. It, yeah. If if he would have had some kind of humorous uh, pun spin to it, then it would have been okay, I bet, for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that wouldn't have seemed right. Who would have had an Adam West ending where he looks at Robin and is like, yeah, well, that's the end of, the, of that. Yeah. <laughs> How about, um, wait, I got one. It's formulating. Uh, how about something about base characters? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, okay. Um, it just seemed really harsh. It just seemed really harsh to me. What I did, my, my my comment on it was, well, you like so. Uh, <laughs> he he basically created the Joker with his crappy attitude and karma. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Is that? Well, I've seen that one coming. I was wondering about that. I was curious if that was supposed to be. I kind of wanted to go and find the first origin story of Joker after that. Uh huh. Because jumping to the retelling. Oh, real quick, I have some. I have some notes on this. So the original story was written by. Bill Finger, mm-hmm. with art by Bob Kane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the New 52 Detective Comics number 27 had this pretty cool, I thought it was cool anyway, uh, retelling of that story mm-hmm. um, written by Brad Meltzer. I'm terrible with names, but Brad oh, Meltzer. Oh, yeah, and he wrote um, Identity Crisis. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And art by Brian Hitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was, it was, the art was good. It's like, Good, clean mm. comic book Batman art. But the retelling they did the interesting thing where, you know, I mean, it's it's very different but similar. And the guy goes over into the vat. And then at the end, it's got the hand on the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, it says the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, there's the creation of a villain. I don't know if that if the idea was that was the Joker or just a villain. Well, I, I had been curious if it was because the, yeah, the Joker origin story... Is basically that he fell in a vat of mm-hmm. stuff at the same uh, companies. Well, yeah, no, I think, yeah, in the retelling, they made it Ace. In the original, it wasn't Ace Chemical. It was something similar, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it semantics. Yeah. Well, I read the, I read the second one mm-hmm. first long ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, So that was kind of in my mind mm-hmm. when I was thinking about it or reading the original. But he, I was confused because, and I have read Batman way out, out of order, and I'm like, this is, this, you know, this is the Joker origin story, except he didn't have on a red hood, so is it supposed to be the Joker, or is it just some random guy that suffered a very similar fate? Yeah. yeah. 
I'm very badly burned. <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of the proto Joker Joker origin story. Mm-hmm. One other thing about the original. The reveal that Bruce Wayne is Batman, although there's like very limited characters in this little story, so it's probably going to be the guy who makes no sense being there at all. Mm-hmm. The reveal I thought was disappointing in that, like, so you're back at Bruce Wayne's place, and then the last, you know, like the last panel is just like Batman comes through the door, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, that's not like a very cinematic or or. Come on, pyrotechnics, people. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just like he just looked, it just looked weird, Batman, in that, like, setting. I mean, I know we see Batman everywhere, but, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, we didn't even get a cave in the very first one. Yeah, there's no cave. It's just him standing outside in the study. Yeah, Yeah. there's no Alfred. But there was Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, but he looked old. He did look old. (laughs) He was like... He, I'm, I'm curious when Gordon turned into like the Gordon we know now, mm-hmm. because Ginger. after a certain point, it's very standard. Gordon, like Bruce Wayne, even looks more different from artist to artist, and over the years, is he wearing than... like a bowler? <laughs> they have like a jaunty hat. Gordon, uh, Wayne. I Didn't thought Bruce it was. Have, I, like, thought it was a, I thought it was or... like a fedora, but it might have been like a bowler. A jaunty hat. A jaunty hat, sir. A jaunty hat. Um, Mm. Yeah. But. Let's away on my penny farthing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Nice. Nicely done. (laughs) Nice. Robin, do the penny farthing. Nice old timey uh, vernacular pull. Well, what did you think? What did you think of these two stories, Jesse? I kind of feel like I've been monopolizing the conversation. No, they they were good. Uh, interesting uh, seeing Batman with the with the hyphen and uh, and he had like a Moira, Moira pattern on him, like uh, like that kind of flattens out his form a little bit. Mm. But that's a pretty common way to, you know, because comics were you know they were basically three color prints at that time. And so one way to get texture and, and some gradation was to apply a Moira screen or, or pattern to him. And so, like, his costume had that Moira pattern, which gave him that gray look, which was which was interesting because I, I guess I had forgotten that he had that. You see that a lot in, like, um, newspaper comic strips, or at least you did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was interesting to see it on this, too. I also like how kind of um, loyal, I don't know if loyal is the word, but they were pretty dedicated to a, uh, a retelling that was pretty spot on to the original, even, even in the modern version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they were pretty, they were pretty careful, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I liked, I liked to touch on how Batman looked in the first story. I liked the old look of Bat. Like, I mean, it's kind of rough in his proportions. Like, that's one thing. I was looking at like Batman's proportions compared to the other characters on the page, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's just because of the costume. Maybe they were like not used to drawing something like that. But his proportions and stuff were really weird and kind of off. Yeah. But I kind of liked it. I liked the look of old Batman, where the ears are almost like 
flared out. It's almost like Wolverine like actual bat ears. ears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the way they draw his cape, I liked, but his positions and proportions were a little odd. I mean, I'm not. There was one panel in particular where he's like grabbing the guy who's about to swing or something, and I thought, did they draw his hand wrong? And and I had to like really study the the panel, and it was like, no, no, he they drew it right. It just was kind of, yeah, kind of strange how they how the angles were. Yeah, yeah, awkward positioning and stuff like that. Um, and then comparing the old to the new story, yeah, I liked. Because I had read the new story more recently, um, but I liked going back and reading the original and then the retelling, like, just after. I liked that they were pretty faithful to the story. I mean, yeah, they did away with, with the weirdness of, like, hey, Bruce Wayne, want to come check out this murder? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they... and. They kind of replaced that with, you know, I mean, it's the same scenario. There's, you got Gordon and Bruce Wayne and a shindig or, you know, some type of socialite setting. And they kind of replaced that with like this cool inner monologue about him, you know, why else would he invite all the police to his house if he wasn't going to bug, bug them and all this and that, you know, I thought Uh that was cool. I mean, that's definitely a modern Batman thing to do. And I enjoyed the inner monologue throughout. Um, there's a couple lines that I thought were a little cheesy and then a couple lines that I thought were a little bold that you don't mm-hmm. usually hear. Um, well, I mean, you don't hear it cause it's supposed to be a thought, but you hear Batman say, <laughs> um, you know like what I he mean? He secretly enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. That he, he secretly, he, in, because he enjoys hearing them scream yeah. and, and then, um, because he secretly enjoys the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. And then even the bit about, about, uh, to make his, he does it to make his father proud and to make his mother stop screaming and stuff like that. Yeah. Just, you know, I mean, Batman, the comics do get kind of hard edged sometimes, but there's certainly some lines in there. I was like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty heavy. Yeah. I especially appreciated it reading the old one because it's like the first one's like, oh, here's this character. And then this is like, here's this character, you know, from the original story. But these are his motivations why mm-hmm. why the story even exists, you know? Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. For all things nerdy, visit the Grawlix Podcast YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Podcast. There are new videos every week. Get the scoop on current headlines with Comic News Roundup, hosted by Animated Randall and Melanie. Listen to full podcast reruns with chapter skips to jump right to the stories that interest you. And access to the all-new and amazing shows that try to pop out of our brains and into your eye holes. That's youtube.com slash Podcast. The uh, webcomic that I'm going to talk about today is uh, Lunar Baboon. And... Uh, Lunar Baboon, it, it's it's lunarbaboon.com, and it's L-U-N-A-R-B-A-B-U-U, or O-O-N, can't spell, dot com. Don't put dots, don't put don't spell in there, or can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm winning this no, one. No, you're doing good. <laughs> you're doing good. You're winning this. Uh, have, you, have, you, <laughs> have you guys uh, seen or, or read any of uh, Lunar Baboon? No. It sounds vaguely familiar, but I cannot place it right now. He he's super pro. Um he's one of those comic artists that like online um 
we'll talk about how he just kind of nails it every time. Like a lot of times it's funny and a lot of times it's kind of poignant. You know, it has what the kids today are calling the feels. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's a, it's kind of a really simple cartoony style and it involves basically a father kind of you know, like that's the majority of it is, is kind of like fatherly kind of things, but it, it pulls in a lot of like Star Wars and Star Trek references and uh, like comments on pizza and imagination and um, it's, it, uh, pizza. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of a it's a tricky one to explain. It's mostly black and white grayscales, but then he'll he'll once in a while he'll throw in some uh, colors uh, just as accents and then. Um, Sometimes he'll he'll do like full color panels, which make those full color panels seem that much more uh, eclectic and and uh, imaginative. Because oftentimes he'll use the color the full color panels to describe some imaginary place. Yeah, I was gonna ask if it was black and white. Actually, I believe I had seen it because when you said that, I wasn't sure, but I pictured black and white grayscale style uh, strip. So. It's kind of, it's kind of like a slice of life uh type of strip but it it it's changes a lot. It's not it's not always a four panel gag type of strip. Um sometimes, you know, he really plays with the format. Um sometimes he'll have full on borders like you expect on certain panels and then sometimes he'll go uh completely borderless. And uh a lot of a lot of the themes that he plays with are, are like, like I said, like fatherhood and being a kid and, and that growing up kind of thing. And also like the, the, dy- the family dynamic between husband and wife. And, uh, and so like, you've seen a lot of those kinds of comics uh, in newspapers for a long time, but the way that he approaches it is very, it, it it's not like, you know, like some of those old strips that you'd see in the paper are kind of dated and it's like, okay, well, yeah, there's, there's some universal things, but, um, you know, you can only do so many jokes about, uh, like Dagwood and Blondie and, and you didn't make me a sandwich or I'm, I'm Dagwood and I'm tired and I'm lazy and and I need a sandwich, (laughs) you know? Um, so that's not the kind of thing that, that that's going on here. This is this is more what you can kind of relate to as a modern person and and as a modern uh, you know like parent. I I imagine and uh, you know like everybody that I show this comic to that has kids, they're just like, oh my god, he he can see inside of my brain. Uh, <laughs> Now, now I should say for you know like Grolix listeners, we, we keep it clean, uh, and this comic generally does, but not always. So I mean, like there's, you know, you know, like any kind of real situation, uh, there's when it's appropriate, there's some there's some adult humor, uh, adult language in there. I just I have like favorite strips as as I go through his archives, like the one that I have on my screen right now. They're um, looking at anthills, and they're using a magnifying glass to go ahead and, like, light these ants on fire. 
the father and the son. And then in the second panel, there's there's the onlooker that's like, you two should be ashamed of yourselves. And then they have their moment of confusion, like looking at each other. And it was like, all right, aim for the next one. You think that they're starting these ants on fire. But what they're actually doing is they're lighting candles on a birthday cake for these ants who are having a birthday party. Oh, yeah, I like that. Right. So it's got like, you know, it's it, it can be funny. It can be kind of cute and, and poignant. And uh, then you follow it up with the next one that's on my screen. And it's like kids, kids help us notice the little things in life. And, and it's the sun and he notices this butterfly and then he's going to go catch it. Um, and, and then he finds out, oh, no, that butterfly is actually uh, a tattoo on this dude's back. Like this, <laughs> so. Axon and I, in particular, we always talk about how he just does incredible things with the sight gags, um, and I—I I don't think he has a bad strip in here. I mean, I think you can kind of go through his archives, and each one hits on something, mm-hmm. whether it's just kind of an honest, like self-doubt kind of moment, or like a really cool, creative um, visual representation of of something. If you haven't read Lunar Baboon, it should be the next thing you do. It will be. Yes. Oh. Our phone's ringing. I'm going to let it go. Let the answering machine get um, it. I want a sandwich. A sandwich? <laughs> I'm just hungry, that's all. <laughs> uh, she did laugh at pizza. So, like, she, well, yeah, and, she just got food pizza, on it. Pizza is like a running gag in there like it's the dad's favorite food and like yeah i don't know it's funny yeah food it's food. a good one <laughs> pizza is funny <laughs> pizza is a funny food i i was gonna say it always seems like in comic books uh or strips which, whichever or not that the, i've read all that m- many that have food uh, obsessions, but it seems like they're all about Italian, man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like you go back to uh, Jim Davis and Garfield, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, lasagna yeah. must be Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's push Odie off the table and eat some lasagna right after my <laughs> right after my nap. <laughs> wow, you just nailed years of Garfield. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and and I loved it too. Like I loved Garfield. Mm-hmm. So. Who, who does crazy? I, I think that like when I, growing up, you know, the newspaper. I didn't read the newspaper. I read the comics, and that was one of the main ones that I would look for was, was Garfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids will come over, your niece and nephew, and mm-hmm. watch modern Garfield things. Yeah, I don't. It really bothers me. I don't particularly <laughs> care for it. Yeah, it really bothers me what Garfield is now. Like in yeah. in like the television media medium, yeah. yeah. I I respect what Jim Davis was able to do. He kind of made his own little Disney, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it it's weird because it's like it's like its own huge media company now, and and not what I what I think of as a comic strip anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and. And I'm sure people probably have beef with this even, but speaking of, like, the cartoons, it seemed like, was it 90s? Was it 90s, the, the so, Garfield yeah. and Friends? 
Garfield and Friends, yeah. It, it seemed like that at least felt closer to the attitude of the comic strip. Mm-hmm. And, but now, like, they've got, like, weird f- fantasy land scenarios where John's, like, a kingdom, king of this kingdom and all this. It was just really wild what they were watching. And I was oh. like, this, it just didn't seem right. But Kind of like what they did with the Smurfs towards the end. Where it was like, okay, we apparently we can't keep telling stories in the normal Smurf universe, oh. which is awesomely fantastic. We've got to like send them back in time <laughs> or something. Yeah, I imagine you know, and it's probably a a, a matter of like, well, how many times can we go to this well? You know, sure. so they try to think of other things to do. I just right. didn't really, yeah. I just I don't like it when those other things they choose to do. In, a, in and of themselves seem, for one, out of character with the source material, and for two, eh, cliche already anyway, you know? Yeah. yeah. But Rebooting things is hard. Like, uh, they announced that they were going to do a new Snoopy thing for really? uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, they, d- they did, like, a new Snoopy cartoon for Thanksgiving. but And it was done okay, though. Like, I was surprised that they were going to do it. Um, and then I saw it, and it was like, oh, it's kind of like... It's it's like they're narrating and they're there, but they're basically doing like a historical hmm. type of like I don't know like Snoopy characters telling you the story of um, the Pilgrims kind of thing. Oh, okay. And and in that context, it was like, oh, that's okay. That's, that wasn't so bad. It's that's kind of a, uh, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. That's a safe way to go about it. Yeah. 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 I was going to say easy out, but that's not really what I meant. It's 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 a safe way. Right, right. As long as it's done with reverence, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm okay with it, but sometimes it sometimes it feels like it's it's done with reverence and sometimes it feels like it's done because we need more money. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. We're just trying to reboot it for the kids kind of thing and mm-hmm. it's like, well, if it was good in the first place, then why does it need to be why do we need to restart it? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That is, mm-hmm. that's a conversation we're, we've had many times. Yep. Yep. And, and we will have it many more times because it <laughs> yeah, never yeah. ends. I, they keep I, doing I keep circling it. back on it. <laughs> well, and it's not your fault though. They keep doing it. They keep making yeah. us have this conversation. Yeah. Well, I right. think, I think people think that kids aren't going to be interested in, older things Mm -hmm. but that's not true Uh, yeah i mean so maybe there may be like maybe with some movies Mm -hmm. you know it's it it really would be so old that they it wouldn't yeah because they'll get that thing where like if it looks so old right but with okay i'm sorry keep keep that thought i was gonna say your nephew gabe was over one day and i was i i put the classic batman series on from the 60s oh, and he yeah. goes Whoa. he goes he goes this looks old what is this from the 80s and I was, yeah. Yeah. I was like, no i'm from the 80s this is much older all right, right. <laughs> sorry I'm, what were you saying uh, well now i got two things not only that but what was it was was the joker or somebody he's like he looks like a drug dealer <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i love that too but um no uh 
Okay, so so with yeah, with uh, movies and I suppose TV shows, they'll see oh it's old and might not want to watch it maybe, but sometimes even even then they'll want to watch it. But with animation, I think it it well it, I say animate like animated movies and drawings and like comic mm-hmm. strips and whatnot. Uh, that doesn't really work the same. It doesn't really get old the way. Yeah, uh, well, like with live action things, for example, mm-hmm. even the look of the film stock, but more importantly, like of fashions, you know, clothes yeah. and yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. You know, it like you make something, and then within a couple of years, instantly it's dated. It's just the way it is. Right. But with animation, it's usually not so bad that way. Like usually, mm-hmm. usually it's not uh, as keyed into like fashion trends you know it's just kind of generic you know here's clothes you know sometimes it is but Mm -hmm. you know yeah you get away with it because it doesn't age the same way i think it ages much slower and if it's done right it's it's almost timeless you know yeah yeah well i was gonna say there's there's a lot of things that i've had the kids watch or or um at least expose them to a little bit that they were into that were things that yeah were old when i was young Mm -hmm. but i really enjoyed and uh and it doesn't. Yeah. They they can't look at it and go, oh, this is old. They yeah. just watch it and they're like, oh, yeah. this is good, you know, as they should. <laughs> yeah. Like like uh, when there's some cartoons that don't they don't hold up as well as we remember them. Mm-hmm. But like uh, I uh, I sent I had a like a duplicate disc of Thundercats <gasps> and of the original the original. Thundercat series, and I sent it back with my my nieces and nephews, and they they really enjoyed it, and they were interested in in seeing more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then shortly thereafter, they rebooted the whole thing. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't actually watched much of the. I knew that they rebooted it. I haven't really watched it, but Thundercats was my thing. I was Chitara three Halloweens in a row. <laughs> uh, and is that uh, is that show still going, or did it? Run its course. I don't know. I never, I never watched it to. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, I, I, I watched either. like the first disc because a, a friend lent it to me, and it was pretty good. Uh, it was different, but it was it was interesting. And uh, the original voice of Lionel um, voiced the voiced uh, Lionel's dad in this one, and Lionel's much younger. You know, like there's there seems to be that situation where it's like, in order to make it more relevant to the kids, we're gonna make our main character more of a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which I, it drives me nuts. Maybe it works. I mean, obviously, they've done all kind of all kinds of market testing and this and that. But as, and it's not intended for me because I'm an adult. But as an adult viewer, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of cartoons nowadays drive me nuts because most of them are just whatever random plot. They don't really have any substance, and it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. This was a really long. I don't know that uh, it's your fault. I, I, I liked it. That was. A, I thought that was an interesting conversation out of nowhere. I liked it. <laughs> I don't even know how it started. Garfield. Yeah. But I'm not sure how we got there either. Italian food, pizza. It's all pizza. <laughs> oh, oh, wow! You tracked it back. Uh, all comes back to pizza. Uh, um. See, pizza's just inspirational. <laughs> And that is like web comics. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Segway drives you. 
Yeah, I, I feel like if I were on a Segway, I would probably wind up going in circles, and I think that's <laughs> how I, I also converse with people, in circles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> um. <laughs> you just spin cookies on, an, on a Segway, is that even possible? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you probably just, I, I, you could probably take some wicked tight turns. <laughs> I don't know if you quite like spinning cookies, but really you probably lean, go in a circle. You lean forward really far. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. There's got to be a story behind the Segway's name, doesn't there? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's up with that name? It's such a weird name for a, for it's, a thing it's, that maybe it's gets because, you like. It's like a segue between walking and riding something. Automobiling. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, uh... I don't yeah. know. Um. Okay. <laughs> Ironically enough, the segue killed our segue. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about Doctor Who? Uh, yes. Indeed. Are you ready to move there? You ready to go there? I'm ready to go there. Where, Let's go. Where do, we, where do we start? Okay, so, well, we can go two ways. Um, Melanie didn't because I watched it without her, but I recently rewatched the 50th anniversary special. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember it. It's you not were, like I can't were, yeah. discuss it. No, I know. You were, just a, you were a little upset that I watched it without you. Well, um, I'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> we did, however, recently watch, and I know we didn't discuss this with you, Jesse, but uh, The Five Doctors, we okay. recently watched that. I mean, so if we want to go there, we can go there. Yeah, yeah. That's what I have for live-action Doctor Who. And then we also have comics, which is the new series of uh, comics from Titan Comics and um, The Girl Who Loved Doctor Who, the IDW 2013 special, which it's just kind of, not that we've been putting it off, but it's just something we've been holding on our back burner for a while so we can go any or all of those places where do you guys want to start how would we approach uh the new stuff because it's uh it's so new i don't know if we want to spoil it uh that's a good point we yeah we we generally tend to spoil everything we talk about yeah yeah because we gotta no, we don't. <laughs> we can just talk about it vaguely. We like we don't necessarily have to get into specifics. Um, what was going through my head basically was just kind of my initial impressions, and then like kind of a comparison between the two, which isn't necessarily fair, but I don't think it's unfair either. Sure, uh, we're, we're talking about the uh... the Doctor Who, the tenth Doctor, and and the, and the eleventh Doctor, okay. number one. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, the new Titan. Yeah. And and I suppose we, I mean we don't necessarily I mean, we don't have, we should talk about them a smidge, but it it they're relatively new, so it'd probably be good to talk to about them anyway, just so people are informed that they exist and can go and get them. Yeah, because as as um, with Titan Comics, I've noticed at least um, I mean if you're into Doctor Who and you've been searching out those comics, I'm sure you've found out about it. But I found like ordering them on the usual websites. Since Titan Comics is a a, a smaller independent mm-hmm. uh, press, right? They're not list like 
when you get on there, you've got the DC comics and then the Marvel comics and then the IDW and, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, Dark Horse, all that. And then a lot of websites tend to group all the other publishers together. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to search out these comics to order them online um, mm-hmm. because they weren't readily there. They were wedged in with about 2,000 other titles that you have to look through. Right, and that was actually why I was suggesting it because I know that I've... I've been with you when you were complaining about that, and I've seen mm-hmm. how it works, and I knew that that was a smaller one. That's why I was suggesting we, yeah, no good you, call. You know, bring, that we talk about it so people are aware. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, they've done a lot of variant uh, covers for these. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, like I ordered the blank ones because I was like, hey, I'm going to do a sketch cover for cons and stuff, and those wound up being back ordered, which was. It was like wow, so there must be there must be a decent amount of demand. Mm-hmm. Um, well, despite the fact that they're kind of obscure, anything Doctor Who you would imagine yeah. is is going to have a pretty good following to begin with. But um, I'm really surprised the Blink variant was back ordered though. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised too. Really? But um, they don't. They, a lot of times they'll do the Blink uh, covers for like the number ones. And so I think that the people that are really into those are probably watching for them. Mm. And I wonder if maybe the retail stores don't get first dibs on those. I guess it would also kind of make sense. Um, because a lot of times, like, I, I know people pick up the blank covers so that they can take it to a convention and have somebody sign it. That was exactly what and I was like, thinking. <laughs> Doctor Who uh-huh. has a piece of every convention. you got a comic book convention, sci-fi convention. British convention, you know, mm-hmm. Doctor Who, yeah. there's going to be a Doctor Who somebody at all of them. Right. That's why I was thinking when you said, why, you know, a blank cover. I'm like, no, a blank cover would be yeah, perfect it, it because, yeah, you could take it anywhere and have Find a, somebody relevant. A, 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 a bunch of people that, w- you know, could sign it and would still make it more valuable or at least more sentimental. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, and you, yeah, because you could get Matt Smith to sign it. You could get the artist to sign it. You could get the writer to sign it. You mm-hmm. could get just about anybody to sign it, really. Yeah. Right, exactly. The third, the third grip that worked on uh, <laughs> yeah. episode three of uh, that's for the real completionist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I liked your idea because you do a lot of. I mean, you do a lot of sketch cards for the for the shows you go to. And yeah. and you're a big Doctor Who fan, so you do a lot of Doctor Who sketches. When you said you wanted to pick one up and do a sketch on on it to sell, you know, or to you know for for shows or whatever, yeah, uh, that was that's a great idea. It is. I I I wouldn't have thought of that, but then again, I'm not an artist. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good portfolio piece. It's kind of a you know, it's it's you know, a bigger piece than like the sketch cards. Cause the sketch cards are basically like trading card size. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to see a lot of little things, but, uh, there's things you can do on a little picture plane that you can't do on bigger picture planes and vice versa. And so it becomes kind of a nice, a, a nice showcase item of, Oh, here's something I can do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the first one that I ever did was my little pony. So I'm kind of hoping to, to do something a little more my speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that that wasn't rad, but people yeah. people love My Little Pony, man. That's so wild. They do. Isn't they it? do. I sold an awful yeah. lot of My Little Pony prints, that's for sure. Um okay, so these So did you end up getting getting any issues? 
I did. No, I got the core. Uh, was it? You know, like the main, the main cover. I actually, I, I, I had ordered two. I had ordered a blank copy of each and the main cover of each. I looked through the variants when I went when I placed my order, and I actually really, I really like the covers, the regular covers to both. I, yeah. Offhand, I should know who did it, but I, I don't. But like, I really like. Ziang or something was the name of the artist. I like the that cover name. artist. Yeah. yeah. They're but they, yeah, they're really good though. The like the the it's got a kind of a paint it's like painted. Mm-hmm. Um and the colors, it's got vibrant colors. I, I really like the covers. Yeah, they did a good job on the covers. And and that same artist I think did a couple different covers. There's one where they've got uh, David Tennant kind of looking up and I thought that was a pretty that was a pretty awesome cover too. Mm-hmm. If I if I didn't get the core cover, I would have liked that one. Okay, so these are um, Doctor Who, the tenth Doctor number one, and Doctor Who, the eleventh Doctor number one from Titan Comics. Um, they're the first first Doctor Who issues um, to come out from Titan since uh, the license went from IDW last year. Titan picked it up. Uh, something kind of interesting I thought about that was. Doctor Who magazine has uh, basically the Doctor Who in print uh, monopoly in in over in the UK. Uh-huh. Titan Comics is a UK-based company. So if you're in the UK and you want a Doctor Who comic book, one of these series, what you have to do oh, right. yeah. is import it from America. So basically, Titan creates these comics in the UK, ships them to America... If you're in the UK, you have to have it shipped back to you. I thought that was kind of interesting. It's yeah, it's weird that the you know, I mean, that's how it always goes with a big big property rights. But it's weird that how that works. the The tenth Doctor number one was written by. I'm terrible with names. And oh, Nick Ab- Abadzis Ab- Abzid. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's A B A D Z I S. The badges? Yeah. And the Perhaps. art was by Elena or Elena uh Casagrande with Michelle Pasta. Pasta. You're hungry, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. She's okay, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it. She's trying to be so quiet. She's making herself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can do that since we are now located in, we're recording in the dining room. It's so nice to get Spacious. out of that. <laughs> nice, yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice to get out of the, cl- like the computer is in the computer room, little closet area, the dungeon box. <laughs> it, it is, it is referred to on the lease as it's, it's, it's referred to is as it like a walk-in a, closet. N- well, no, originally when, when I moved in, it was a storage closet, but then they changed in the later leases to, um, it's not office. It's like, yeah, there's, but there's another, (laughs) yeah, there's, there's like a a, fancy word, a fancy word for a small room. (laughs) So, I mean, I call it, I call it the, you know, the studio or the office, but I feel funny calling it that because it really is just a walk-in closet. Well, it's 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 bigger than I mean. It's a good size. Yeah, it's oh. it's not big enough to actually be a room, but it's it's larger than any other closet I've ever had. I'll tell you that. Point is, <laughs> it's larger on the inside. It is. It is. Um, 
Thank you. We, we have a TARDIS yeah. room. So moving. <laughs> that reminds me. Uh, the, doc- the Doctor Who, the 11th Doctor, number one, was written by Al Ewing. Ewing? Ewing? Ewing. Ewing, thank you. Wow, I should know this type of stuff. Um, it was written by Al, Al Ewing and Rob Williams. And the art was by Simon Fraser. See, Simon Fraser. That's a name I can get behind. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> <laughs> now watch, it's going to be like Frazier or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, I feel bad for starting all these. So what do you, what'd you guys think? I, if you want, you can pick one or you want to talk about both of them. But what do you guys think of these? I, uh. I kind of went out of order, you know, I, I thought that was kind of interesting how I approached it because I was super excited to read the 11th doctor. So I started there. Actually, I read the 11th doctor first also. I don't know if I was supposed interesting. to, but I did. <laughs> well, it doesn't like, I mean, they're two separate series. So, I mean, at this point they've, you know, there's no connection between the two. So it's whichever you want to read, but it's interesting. You guys started with the 11th. I I started with the 10th just because. I don't know, numerical, I guess. Yeah. Well, right. And that's what I thought too, is like, normally I would approach this numerically, but for whatever reason, I just was in the mood to start with uh, 11th doctor first. And, and I started thinking about it and I wondered if maybe the fact is that I, um, you know, it's, it's the fact that the 11th doctor just regenerated. So his regeneration is still fresh, which means that I am not quite ready to let him go. <laughs> Whereas the 10th doctor, he's regenerated quite some time ago and I'm kind of okay with it now. But I, I just thought it was strange because shouldn't I be pining for more 10th doctor more because it's been longer but that wasn't the way I felt about it. I was like, oh, I want to, I want to know what's going on with eleven. Mm-hmm. My feelings didn't come into play at all. It was the order that they were listed in my uh, on your phone. <laughs> on my phone. Uh, <laughs> that's how you always work. I know. I'm like, so what do you read now? Ag- You're like this because it's alphabetically. That's what comes next. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I know it drives you insane, but I have to read from the top to the bottom. It's how I go. A, B, C, D, E. Like, have you read, uh, well, no, I was going to say X-Men, but you were reading all new X-Men, so that was always first. Yeah. But I'm all, all the time like, oh, have you read this issue yet? And you're like, no, I'm only on the Bs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get stuck on the Bs a lot, too. <laughs> That's why I try not to, like, if I, if, I, if I start you on a new series, if I give you a new series, I, I've learned not to overload you on a new series in case you don't like it because if you don't like that new series instead of skipping the series and going to the next comic that you like mm-hmm. you'll get stuck and you'll just stop and you won't read anything like yeah. don't do that <laughs> just skip it no I there's can't. been a couple times there's been a couple times i took your phone and pulled those comics off there just so we <gasps> move past them oh the truth comes out i'm pretty sure that's happened <laughs> well, if you did, you at least didn't pull off the issues I had read or, like, the the next one or whatever. At least I did it right because you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, like, between the 10th and the 11th Doctors, I read the 10th Doctor uh, issue first, but I actually, I think I enjoyed the 11th Doctor issue more, and part of it was because of the 11th Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like the David Tennant Doctor. I like 10th. 
but in a way, in a way, eleven is more fun because right. it'd be more quirky. I think they did a really nice job on both of them as far as the voice of the doctor. I, I think they did a pretty good job of being spot on, but they didn't. It didn't feel like they involved the tenth doctor as much. Yeah, there's, as, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're so, you're right. Yeah, there was barely he was barely in it. Yeah, he's just kind of wandering around until the very end, and then he does his, you know, he does his typical tenth doctor thing at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and I don't want to spoil, don't want to spoil that, but the, uh, you know, then you had the eleventh doctor who's doing the typical eleventh doctor thing, but he's like actively involved the entire time. It's like he had as much spotlight time as the new companion. So it was more fun as a companion origin story than the first, than the 10th doctor was. I, I thought that's just my thoughts. I agree. And okay. You know, without getting into spoilers, but I guess they're minor spoilers, but it's obvious from the beginning. Um, they're both companion origin stories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's safe to say. And my issue with reading them both, and this shouldn't necessarily negatively reflect on either of them, but my issue with reading both of them was you're getting hit with two companion origin stories in a row. And it's kind of like, I just want, I just want a doctor story. I just want to get in Doctor Who and go on an adventure and maybe that's why uh, the 11th Doctor issue was a little bit more fun because he is more involved. It's less bogged down in the companion origin. Well, and and another thing that was interesting about it is where in the chronology these exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in I, I thought it was a really interesting uh, place to put the 10th Doctor and, and the 11th Doctor. Like, with the 11th Doctor, they put him right at the end of Season 5 in that little blank space in between Season 5 and Season 6. Uh, and then with the 10th Doctor, you put him smack bang after the end of the fourth season where he's all depressed and wandering around. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm, I'm interested... I guess I'm interested... Um, and where they're going to go with that. I mean, cause that's a very different 10th doctor than say post Rose Tyler or post, um, Mar- Martha. Yeah. Yeah. It's right after that was right after Donna. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, at least I think that's, I think that's what they, they say. Oh yeah. He even said, he even makes a reference. He's like, Oh, Donna would have really nailed me on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching the TV series, I, I always thought it was odd that Moffat would give um, the 11th Doctor these huge gaps of time. Mm-hmm. But for something like fitting in these extra stories, that works really well, actually, because there's really several places in the 11th Doctor's um, uh, s- storyline, I guess you would say, where you could put these long grand adventures Mm -hmm. because he'd disappear for hundreds of years. He'd be, he'd go off between episodes and be like 200 years older when he came back. Um, with the uh, 10th doctor. Yeah. There's really only, there's not as many places you can fit this stuff in, but you're right about that being an interesting point to use the doctor. Because if you go by the specials, um, he does like, 
the whole bit with the whole end of what did you say that was the fourth the fourth se- series yeah fourth season and then the specials I think they're referred to as like four point five or whatever but but yeah. yeah that was like a really heavy dark point yeah for he's, him he's all like pouty pouty doctor <laughs> a little bit I mean like he's fun he has fun moments and stuff but he's just like my song is coming to an end <laughs> yeah I don't want to go. I wonder if they'll play on that or if they were just like, well, that seems like a good point to, that we can put a bunch of time frame in. Well, well, I was yeah. going to say also, as the stories go, the 11th Doctor story wasn't the most upbeat in the world. But the 10th beat, 10th Doctor story uh, does seem kind of dark. and um, It is a little bit. There's Okay, yeah, you're trying not to spoil things? Yeah. Um, there's kind of, uh, and this is one of the things I liked about it. There's kind of a horror aspect. Oh yeah, definitely. To it. And I enjoyed that a lot. Um, it reminded me more of Waters of Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thing. You know, which, like that spooky, spooky stuff. Which makes sense though, if they're going to take it from that angle, where you know, because yeah, that that's was that the first special of I guess what you would call four point five then. Uh, I'm trying to remember because there's the I'm, one where it's, it's close. It's close to the beginning because that's one of the first times that you know, like he comes back and there's the ood and mm-hmm. yeah, that one gets dark. I I can't remember if it's Planet of Death or 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 uh, Waters of Mars that comes first. But regardless, I think I think the story suits that period. Yeah, yeah, thus yeah, far at least. Mm-hmm. Good call. Good call. Thank you. I didn't think about it like that. A, I, a couple gripes about the Tenth Doctor number one issue, the origin story of the of the um, companion, the Gabby. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but it felt like it just beat you over the head over and over with the same theme mm-hmm. of her life about her about her, you know, and where she's coming from. Yeah, like <clears throat> you get it within like the first dialogue she has. But then you just keep getting it through the yeah, whole yeah, rest. Yeah. You're like, we've really got to illustrate this. Whereas with Alice in the 11th Doctor, it's kind of glossed over, but you get it anyways. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, she's mm-hmm. super sad. And yet that is the whole point of the story a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. And then my, my other gripe was um, a little bit the art. Because there – and it was – and I understand it's going to happen. Like, you can't – necessarily draw as they would say on model all the time but there's mm-hmm. a couple panels where the 10th doctor looks nothing like david Tennant at all right. mm-hmm. yeah but it's it's way easier to draw the 11th doctor he's so much more of a caricature that's that's what i was gonna say i was like the 11th doctor i didn't the 11th doctor i didn't have that much issue but yeah he's got He's yeah, he's got so much more of an exaggerated cartoony face as it is. Exactly. All you have to do is you have to make sure to hit these certain things. Give him and a big chin it. and a like um <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did think about that and you know and I'm not saying that art's bad, but there was a couple frames where it really took me out because I was like, that just looks like some random dude. It doesn't look like the well, <laughs> And it's gotta be hard for Tenant because I didn't he's feel it particularly, general... but he's Depicted as like the attractive, lovey yeah. doctor, and that's got to be hard to, you know, to yeah. to to pull across in in your drawings. Yeah, because when you try to like 
Yeah, the 11th Doctor, you can be like, yeah, he's got a forehead and a long face and all this. The 10th Doctor, he's just like a general attractive looking brown haired man. Yeah. Like, that's it. So yeah. I, I understand that. But that was, it took me out a little bit. The ironic thing about that is like, I've, I've, it's funny because we, we read these and then I, um, I got an audible, an audible story, which only cost like a dollar cause it was on sale. It was like the deal of the day and it's read by David Tennant and I, I'm listening to this audio book and I, and I, it kind of brought me back to the 10th doctor era. And I'm like, it's funny that he's Mr. Casanova because he's kind of, you know, he's kind of bristly. Like yeah. he always was too. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he, he kind of talks down to people mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean like he's not, like I think about the Christmas invasion story where he's like, am I a rude doctor? Oh, I'm kind of rude, you know? And it's like, yeah, he is kind of rude. Why is he so beloved as this like lady killer? I never understood that. And I'm a lady. I, I, I never <laughs> like, the person who introduced me to Doctor Who, well, got me into it. I mean, I'd heard of Doctor Who, and I'd probably seen a little bit. But the person who uh, was like, you have to sit down and watch the 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 new, the, like, rebooted Doctor Who or whatever, or, you know, from the from the Ninth Doctor on, uh, was obsessed with David Tennant, her and several of her friends. And I'm like, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I like him. He's a good doctor. You know, I enjoyed his run. But I... I don't I don't see him as this like gooey dreamy guy that everybody else seems to for some reason. Gooey dreamy guy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, I think this episode just got a title. <laughs> yes it did. Yes it did. <laughs> the best description. Uh, well, it kind of seems like well, I don't know. I guess from the fangirl perspective maybe Eccleston isn't a bad-looking guy, but he's not necessarily your typical lady killer type looking guy. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks intimidating, I think. I would much rather him. <laughs> he's got more of a tough guy look. Yeah. He looks more like a fighter, not a lover, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess from a fangirl perspective, then you bring in David Tennant, who's got you know softer features and whatnot. I guess there'd be the appeal there. And it now that you mention it, it, and this is getting more towards the show and just the doctor himself, it kind of feels like you've got the doctor has the, the 10th doctor has his attitude. He's, he is kind of a jerk mm-hmm. and he does talk down to people, mm-hmm. but then you've got the, like the show knows the fangirls like him. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the show wants him to be this, but the character is still mainly this. And, yeah. Not that it battles, but it does create that, like, why do the chicks like him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it's just because the show wants the chicks to like him, not, you know. Yeah, you know maybe. I, mean. I don't know. But, and also, uh, to, just to touch on the, the rudeness, I've thought a lot of the doctors were rude. Oh, yeah, most of them are. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know. I'm no, looking forward to getting back to that <laughs> a little bit. You know, like, I think Capaldi will be a little bit rude. And oh, kind of a... he better. I want, I want, no, I want a full-on thick of it P.O. You want doctor. their doctor? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That would, I, okay, I watched the thick of it. I watched all of it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And. On the one hand, I almost wish I hadn't because now I have this like preconceived idea of who 
Peter Capaldi is. Not that he's that character, mm-hmm. but I right. I know him. I've never known any of the other doctors really before, before. watching them as sure, the doctor. Sure. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I know what he can do, and I'm almost worried that I'm going to be disappointed because the doctor doesn't require that level of like intensity yeah like you can do it occasionally the doctor does get intense Mm -hmm. and i love me an intense doctor but i don't think capaldi's gonna have to ratchet it up like he can for the doctor and i just want to see a ratcheted up turn to 11 capaldi all the time Mm -hmm. yeah you almost shouldn't have watched that but it's so good (laughs) now you're gonna have to go back to uh fires of pompeii yeah and watch that because he's like super mellow family man guy in that and until randy started watching that show and actually i didn't watch much of it i watched a little bit with him but he watched the whole thing mm-hmm. i watched a few episodes uh but that was that that was my reference for him and i'm like because i remembered him when they when they showed him and i'm like hey he's and he was in torchwood he i like he's his, he's been yeah uh, yeah and i remembered him for torchwood you also. i remember you commenting on commenting on him while we were watching torchwood randomly that you like that guy you thought he was good yeah which yeah yeah, I did. And actually, when they announced him as the Doctor, I brought that up, I, that he had been mm-hmm. in in the the two shows, and I like I had liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really excited for it. But then, yeah, when you started watching The Thick of It, I'm like, whoa, that's... It's a different... That's that's different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I didn't like that character. It just oh, did, so didn't strike me as Doctor-like. He's such a... He's, he's, he's such a... Jerk isn't even a big enough word for him in that show, but he's so good. You know, this makes an excellent segue because they uh, they reference that in the girl who loved Doctor Who, because that whole issue is very meta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he even makes a reference like uh, you know about Capaldi, it within it. I don't remember the reference. I don't either. Actually. I read it. I read it not too long ago. I read it a little bit before you. It's a really quick, almost throwaway little moment. Uh, it's right as he's leaving, but uh, yeah. All right, so yeah, that's from the IDW 2013 Do- Doctor Who special. Uh, I felt like, a, all right, kids. Well, that's from <laughs> moving over to this. Um, yeah, the girl who loved Doctor Who, written by Paul Cornell, art by Jimmy uh, Broxton. Broxton. Braxton? We'll say it's Braxton. Jimmy Braxton. I liked it. Yeah? I liked it a lot. Yeah. Super super meta and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing about Paul Cornell is that he is actually, um, he's kind of, I don't, I don't know if hated is, is the right word, but he's kind of, um, oh, I don't know. He Well, here's the thing. He created Scream of the Shalka, which was is kind of not canon. It's uh it it involves an alternate ninth doctor in that whole era of um you know like that decade of of nothing between uh the new series and the eighth doctor movie. Mm-hmm. They were they you know they tried to keep it going but it's like it's a long time to have the same doctor and so they thought they would kind of do this um this web series type of thing. So they do this animated special, which you can, you can get on DVD now uh, called scream of the Shalka, where you have this ninth doctor and he's, uh, he's kind of dark looking. He's kind of a uh, uh, Dracula looking 
type character. Uh, and so that's the other thing that this Paul Cornell is really known for. And then he, he got a chance to go ahead and write this, which was the last story of the IDW property run. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's how they released it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which so I there's thought... your facts, kids. Your <laughs> I am facts. I thought that was I, – th- I thought that... – <laughs> uh, uh, who knew? Um... <laughs> no, I thought this was a good way, like – a good way to end the IDW run mm-hmm. of Doctor Who books. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a foreword in it. And I actually read it that talks about it. I can't remember more about it. But they they basically thought the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy anything that, in any story that becomes self-aware, always. Yeah, you like meta stories? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, and that's what this story is all about. Um, if you're not aware, it's basically, uh, the doctor, it's the 11th doctor. He is pulled through to an alternate universe, which has happened before, except this time the alternate universe happens to be our universe Mm -hmm. in which the doctor who is a TV series and, uh, 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 50 year old, 50 year long running TV series and a pop culture phenomenon and all that. Mm -hmm. So. There's the setup. And that could go horribly wrong, but you guys liked it. And from what I've heard, um, it was generally well-received, this this issue. You guys liked it. Did you not like it? I did like it. But what I... <laughs> Tell us more, Randy. Well, I was... Okay. There's just... <laughs> I don't know why. There's just certain things I was on the fence about. But interestingly enough, it wasn't any of the meta elements i like that i liked when um the doctor and this girl who loved doctor who they're looking through the dvds of the series yes and it's like you see the actual covers of the dvds and i thought that stuff was cool um what made me chuckle is that at one point he's in her bedroom and she's a younger girl i don't know teenager young teen maybe Mm -hmm. Um, yeah like tween didn't yeah isn't she referred to as a tween yeah yeah that sounds Mm -hmm. right and at one point, he's in her bedroom, and they're, you know, looking through this stuff. And I had this thought. I'm like, well, this is supposed to be the real world. But I had this thought. It's like, if this is the real world, some random strange man is in this young girl's room. As far as I know, her parents know nothing of it. That's a bad situation. But I think they even, like, I think the mom comes home at one point and they even comments on it. So they, mm-hmm. they even, like, address that. Yeah, but real quick, this is, it wouldn't. Be some random strange dude. Well, it would it's be the Matt, doctor. It would be I Matt know. Smith. Well, <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah. for all appearances, it would be Matt Smith. So, but that's still weird, though. That'd yeah, still be weird. Yeah, it would be. It'd be like lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think what disappointed me was, I mean, it had kind of it had like a moral story, you know, moral to the story type thing. You know, it, had, it was a comment on bullying, mm-hmm. which is interesting because, you know, they make the, the, you know, that this, our universe does have monsters, but it's not Cybermen and Daleks. It's, you know. Yeah. Tell it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, and I didn't mind the bully story, but I, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I was just a little, little disappointed by this bully story. Mm-hmm. And 
without getting into too far spoilers, the way she ends up dealing with the bullies drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can spoil this one or not. I I didn't realize we were doing this one spoiler free since we already. Okay, we're just we're, we can spoil this. Oh, I I don't care. It's ask... not even a big. <laughs> Are you gonna jump right to the end, Randy? I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. What? Okay, and this is so she the doctor gives her some advice, blah blah blah, and she comes up with this this plot to to uh, deal with the bullies that involves letting the bullies punch her in the face. But she does it in front of an adult so that the bullies get in trouble. But I'm like, what kind of a solution is that? Like, here, here, here's a here's a touching bu- uh, bully story. You know, you know, mm-hmm. bullies are bad. Blah blah blah. All you have to do is let them punch you in the face. Yeah, but you're you're taking it okay. I <laughs> I'm okay with that because I think of things on a wider scale. Like like if you look at like the civil rights movement or I'm sorry, it's getting serious. Or, yeah, wow, okay. or, or other Let's things like do this. That. Fighting, fighting <laughs> against uh, someone stronger, the best recourse for you is to go, to keep like pushing at them, w- but not physically. And then you're going to get beat up and you're going to get hurt and bad things are going to happen to you or the people around you. But uh, it, it's it's, you know, from that happening over and over and people finally it's the rest of the world, you know, changing its perspective that that change actually occurs. So that's really how things would work in real life. That I did not expect you to take it there. I'm sorry. I, I, no, it was good. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree that it's, it's a very honest real world kind of, of like, it's not how you'd hope things would end, but that's probably one way that it would. <laughs> well, and it makes sense. I mean, and 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 she's going to get punched in the face either way. Right. You might as well orchestrate it so that it's the last punch in the face. Uh-huh. Right. But I'm like and I understand okay, so it's a doctor story, but the point is it's the real world, you know. And these uh-huh. this is I mean, the real world, this is how the real world works. But it's the doctor. He could have come up with something better. Right? Yeah, then it he could have be... reversed the polarity and made yeah. the bullies was go it, away. Well, now, now, was it actually his plan? <laughs> I, or I don't think it was. plan I... that she came up with because of her time with the doctor. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it was her plan inspired by, you know, words that he told her. Yeah. And, and I think it's good because the, the whole freaking point of it is... This is the real world. We have to find real world solutions for real world problems. And Doctor Who is nice and we all love it, but we have to realize that it's not it's reality. It's not the real world, I know. <laughs> and and so, for that episode, I thought it was great. Sorry to disagree with you. No, 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 it's fine. Um, that's good. Conversation. Mm-hmm. The other thing that bothered me a little bit, and again, this is most likely how it would play out. It's supposed to be the real world. Mm-hmm. I was just slightly disappointed when the doctor and Matt Smith actually met. Yeah, because there was nothing go- there. Like you mm-hmm. know, he's like, "Oh, you know, it's an amazing cosplayer. You know, he looked just like me, and that makes sense." But mm-hmm. I don't know what would have been better. I can't like suggest like you know. Well, I like how he lost the uh, lookalike contest though. Or didn't win it. That's yeah. That's that was pretty funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it was good. Mm-hmm. There was just 
slight things I was disappointed with. Maybe I think I hyped it up too much for myself, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Well, was it? did it win an Eisner, or was it just nominated? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't even well, Eisner. What, what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we lost all credibility as a comics Oh, pack. crap. <laughs> I ruined it for us. What do the Eisners know? What do they know? I mean... What is it? What is an Eisner? Come on. They didn't ask me. Clearly, I have. Um, well, if it did, I'm going to feel even more foolish. Like I said, it wasn't bad. And there was yeah. a lot of funny stuff. Uh, what are amusing things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't like, I didn't throw it down and be like, oh. <laughs> but this, I, this book is trash. This is trash. And That's how you're going to go out, IDW? <laughs> And for that kind of story, it could have went so much worse. Yeah. I'm, that implies that it was bad. It could have went horribly. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. I think, like I said, I just I don't know what I would have what I would think would be better. There was just certain things I was disappointed in. Yeah. And it's okay. I mean, who I there are award winning movies and I think books that I don't care for. It's your opinion. You can you're allowed to have your opinion and it doesn't have to be what everybody else has. Did we lose Jesse? No, no. Okay, okay. It just got. It was like really quiet over there. Oh no, no, no. It, and and I think it makes better conversation the fact that you aren't totally in love with it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, me too. I would still recommend it though if somebody was like, "Hey, I like Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of this?" And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, read that because it's it's interesting." Mm-hmm. Are, what's are you making sounds over there? What's going on with you? <laughs> yeah. You're making faces. I'm not trying to. I'm feeling. I'm feeling some gas. Uh, from your sandwich. From my sandwich coming through your throat. Yeah, and I was <laughs> trying not to let it out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, that's all I do all podcast long is let gas out. <laughs> okay. I, I, uh, hot air. Hot air. I should have said hot air. Gas <laughs> out. <laughs> All right, yeah, there, there we go. There's nothing else to talk about on that. Yeah, that's Doctor Who comics. Boom. Who is nominated for a Hugo Award? A Hugo. I don't know if it actually won it. Hugo. Hugo. I don't even know what that is. What a Hugo! Actually, I think <laughs> uh, that's um. I should know what that is, but I, I, that's I, a science fiction. Right off the top. It's a science. I believe I'm probably wrong, but I believe it's a science fiction award. Well, that's even better. Hugo Awards. They'll do literature and I believe like even TV shows and stuff because I think it was a Hugo Award and I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm about to butcher this whole story. But Dan Harmon, creator of Community, was they were nominated for a Hugo Award for um, the, the Timelines episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went to, the, to it and there was this big ceremony and they had like learn all this stuff and at one point before it was announced you know after he'd gone through like this whole ordeal of like here's what you do if you win and this and that you know rigmarole Mm -hmm. uh he was disappointed because at one point not so much about not getting the award but at one point one of the organizers come up and they're like oh i love that episode it's good but you're not gonna win (laughs) and he's like what and he's like 
uh, Doctor Who, uh, what, what, the Doctor's Wife was nominated. That's the one that's going to win. Oh, yeah. The Neil, Neil Gaiman Doctor yeah. Who story, which is, you know, if you're up against Neil Gaiman for a sci-fi anything. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Um, so he was like, well, what am I even doing here? But mm. if I'm right, that was the Hugo Awards. So, yeah, I believe it's a science fiction thing. Looks like uh, the awards happen in August, so it's nominated, but hasn't won. Oh, okay. They haven't actually done it yet. Interesting. What do they know? <laughs> it's up against. It's up against. What do they know? They're, it's up against Saga, though. Oh, so that that could that could be tough. And yeah, Saga's. I, I don't, yeah. Saga's good. Yeah. And and Saga's like if, my impression is it's. It's just storming through everything. Yeah. It wins all kinds of awards. Well, it should. Yeah. Um, I'm so behind on Saga. I don't know if I am or not. I read all that. I you w- might be a couple issues behind, but otherwise you're way farther in than I am. Yeah. Well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot more than you do. That's. You're on your off time, though. Huh? You're on your off time, though. Yeah, I actually haven't been reading it much yet, but I've been watching a lot of anime. And uh... mm-hmm. This is kind of in-house stuff, but uh, the Grolix Podcast YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Grolix Podcast, uh, right now we've been alternating between um, basically rebroadcasts of the podcast, but it's the podcast in kind of video form. It's not really a video, but it does have chapter skips, which, you know, obviously I want people to listen to the whole show, but I thought it was cool to be mm-hmm. able to do that. Yeah, yeah, because we, we talk for a long time, so if you have, like, a specific thing that you want to go right to, that makes it super convenient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so uh, I've been alternating every week, every week, so far for, like, nine, almost ten weeks, maybe. I've had new videos up, so I've been happy about that. And then... Um, if it's not that, it's been the Comics News Roundup, which we've been doing, um, which is just uh, uh, comics headline, comics related headlines from the last like two weeks that we thought was interesting, and we just brief news show. But we're about caught up. I'm about caught up on where we are on the actual podcasts, which, excuse me, which means once we're caught up, after the podcast releases on Monday, the following weekend. The podcast will go, that episode will go up on YouTube. I'm going to keep Comics News Roundup the second and fourth weekend, and that means we have a weekend opening on YouTube, uh, a, a slot open, if you will, in the schedule. So one thing me and Melanie were thinking about doing were um, we're going to basically just have brief, uh, she watches a lot of anime, and I wanted to know like what she you know might be interested in doing. Mm-hmm. So... We recorded one so far. I haven't I haven't put it to video yet, but um, we're watching some anime, and then we're just basically like a brief review. <laughs> I say brief that we're aiming for <laughs> between five and ten minutes. Our f- our first recording session was like twenty something minutes long, but um, there's a lot I'm going to cut down. Yeah. Um, but basically, we're just going to like review some anime and talk about anime. Uh, last night, we just finished re- uh, watching. Elvin Elvin Lead, Elvin Lied. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to be Lead or Lied. We need to look that up before we yeah actually talk about it. But uh, Elvin, what 
Elfin, yeah. Elfin lead, Elfin lied, whatever. Yeah. Um, and the first one, the first one we did was Attack on Titan. So basically, uh, we're just gonna. Oh kinda, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna. I've heard, I've heard about Attack on Titan. People are saying it's the anime uh, version of The Walking Dead. It's well, very popular. It's very popular. It, it, with good reason. I think it's it's a really um, original. Well, nothing's really super. It's a pretty original concept. It, it it is, and I I, mm-hmm. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And it does have that Walking Dead like. You don't know who could go. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's there's the potential for for death, and you don't know who's going to get it. And that's kind of something that I think drives something like Walking Dead, where it's the unpredictability in that show definitely has that same type of factor, mm-hmm. which is a way better way of putting what I tried to say <laughs> when we recorded the show. Anyway, so I, what I want to kind of do is, in a similar fashion, only hopefully looking better than the Comics News Roundup, I want to do us in an anime style. And we'll have these discussions about anime shows and occasionally anime movies because there's some anime movies I'd, I want to watch. And... So we're going to have uh, Chibi, Chibi Melanie and Chibi Randy now? Yeah, yeah, yeah essentially. <laughs> essentially. Um, but I thought, I thought that'd be a fun way to uh, kind of a little bit diversify um, the material we're putting up there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also pull in like more of... Uh, an interest that you have and I enjoy watching the anime shows too mm-hmm. and we're going to be watching them anyway so yeah we'll talk about that a little bit cool so unless there's already a show called Animazing I'm thinking about calling oh, it no. Animazing <laughs> Animazing oh and then and then in the future you know there might be other shows I'd you know like to do mm-hmm. stuff that would fall within Grolix yeah <laughs> But yeah, that was it. I'm not sure how I got to that, but yeah. So, ooh, anime review show. Yeah. You are you, are you uh into anime at all, Jesse? Um I I was into anime a lot more um like in college and in high school. Mm-hmm. Um not that I'm not anymore, just that I haven't really watched. There hasn't been a whole lot that I've been like I got to see this kind of thing. Yeah. Um but I I have been interested in uh watching Attack on Titan. Because I've heard a lot of good things about it. We watched um, it on um, Netflix. I believe Netflix has it. There's one yes. season, and Netflix has it. Mm-hmm. And I and would rec- it's on my queue. So I would recommend watching it on Netflix too, because they started doing this new awesome thing where they cut off uh, the intro, the intro, and it, uh, it's- so you don't have to listen to the 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 upbeat uh, pop rock anime <laughs> song every time. Yeah. It makes oh. it so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll automatically. I mean, it's not like they actually cut it off, but when it if you're watching a bunch of episodes in a row, which happens because it's binge watching, that's how we watch TV anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We as a people, you don't need that previously every time. Yeah, exactly. So Netflix has been pretty cool about like when it goes to the next episode, it'll just like jump to just after the intro credits, which is nice. So it kind of speeds yeah. the whole process along. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't know, most anime shows that I watch tend to have a really long uh, opening credits yeah. song and, and little, you know. It's kind of a trait of. Yeah, yeah. and it's my least favorite thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I really like that. So, yeah, we watched Attack on Titan and that was fun. If not, well, 
it's melodramatic, but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. And then we watched Elven Lead, and that was depressing and melodramatic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the animes that I that I kind of watched growing up were kind of the ones that were super popular because anime wasn't particularly. I mean, like it's super accessible now, mm-hmm. and it and it wasn't. I mean, like you had to kind of seek it out, and it was expensive uh, if you could find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. The the main ones that I saw were the ones that were really easy to find and rent at the video stores. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Ninja Scroll and mm-hmm. uh, Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, I was gonna say Vampire mm-hmm. Hunter D. Yep. Yeah, Ghost in the Sh- Ghost in the Shell, yeah. and then uh, Jake and Jake and Joe Rui and I we got super into uh, the Tenchi Mio series. Oh yeah, I remember uh, Joe was, talking that was about the, that all the time. Yeah, we we kind of like he he had all of the. Um, uh, the was it was it called uh, original original anime OVA OAV something I don't know it's it's like the original series and mm-hmm. then uh, there was then they had like all these spinoffs and Joe had the universe series and I had the Tenchi in Tokyo series and yeah and then yeah. they started throwing them all on Cartoon Network and yeah I don't know that they got any traction on Cartoon Network or not. Me and Louie and some other people used to cruise around with Joe all the time. And he, <laughs> I remember he had, what was the name of the show? Your uh, Tenchi. Tenchi Mio. He had like the soundtracks, he, yeah. He used to, yeah, oh yeah. That's what <laughs> yep. I was going to say. He used to he used to blast that in the car as we're driving around. It was the weirdest experience. <laughs> <laughs> like, like The funniest thing is uh, he just, he, he was over there. He may still be over there. He's in Japan, like right now, I think. Really? Or or just coming back from Japan. So it's kind of funny because he'd like, you know, how he would super get into uh-huh. that culture. Uh, mm-hmm. He would he would title his posts with a lot of that. <laughs> like how they used to get super excited in some of their more eclectic television programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One anime that I'm super interested to find, and this t- ties back to like our comics kind of thing, uh, the Marvel the Marvel licensing uh, over in Japan they they had the rights to make a Spider-Man show, uh-huh. and uh, they uh, so they did, but it's like nothing like our Spider-Man. Yeah, he's he's got like a he's got like a mech that he can summon called Leprodon. <laughs> and so it's like if you took Spider-Man and meshed it with Power Rangers. Uh, so like that's 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 something that I would like to kind of find. I'd like uh-huh. to seek that out. Uh, so there's part of me that would really like to see Spider-Man that can summon a spaceship that can transform into a mech. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. That's so funny <laughs> because that is totally <laughs> that's if you were like, okay, I'm gonna take this thing, put it through an anime filter. What do you do? Adam Mech, because that's, hey, Adam what, Mech. that's yep. what's in anime. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh. Good stuff. It is. Um, yeah, that's already got off topic again. My no, bad. I, no, well, that kind of became the topic. I think we... Have, have you guys seen... Um, so there's a guy out there that... It's on YouTube. Have you seen the Doctor Who anime YouTube video? With the, the third Doctor? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You sent it to me at one point. I thought I made you watch it, Melanie. Wait, that you could have. I just my I'm drawing a blank right now. It's just this pretty wild, like animated. It's pretty long too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they basically not... took sound files from the Third Doctor stuff and and then like 
used it as the audio for his voice. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I remember. Okay, and like Cyber weren't there and... were there two doctors in that? I think it was just him, but then and they the had shows multiple up. masters. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. that's what it is. Yep. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, and I think I had seen that before. I was super familiar initially before I was super familiar with the third doctor. And then I watched it again after, uh, you know, well after going through all the third doctor stuff. And I was like, okay, well, the uh, martial arts doctor stuff totally makes sense now. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. I would love to see more of that. (laughs) Based on that, if you're like, I wouldn't have thought of all the doctors that I would want to see more like animated third doctor. I wouldn't have thought that until I saw this. And then I'm like, yeah, this would be rad. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of the third Doctor, (laughs) (laughs) so we watched the five Doctors for the first time uh, not long ago, and that was something I'd been super excited to to get to. It was kind of a a little bit of a driving force to get through some of the more difficult five Doctor stories. Fifth Doctor? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fifth Doctor. Um, But uh, off the top of my head... I like the opening where they have the video, uh, they have the clip of the first doctor talking. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand why they had to do it, but I hate that they recast the first doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The guy wasn't terrible, but I've, I've seen a lot of the first doctor. You know, it's just weird. Yeah, that would be, that would be the hardest part, I think. And I, I understand why they did it. Because they wanted the first doctor in there. But they, and I understand why they didn't recast the fourth doctor who clearly Tom Baker didn't, wasn't available or didn't want to take part in this. Yeah. Um, but don't do it. Don't recast it. Don't recast the doctor. Like you, I I understand the reason we still have doctor who today is because they had to recast the doctor, but they come up with a, they come up with a clever way around that, but you can't like go back and be like, this is the first doctor. No, it is. Look at his hair. He's he's got gray hair, yeah, and he and he's uh, he's a little snippy, yeah, and yeah, it, it's a tough one because he is he does a good performance, but it is clear. I mean, it's it's so weird because then you have Carol Ann Ford standing right next to him, and she's like a giant compared to him. Mm-hmm. I did like though. Okay, you can tell that the second and third Doctors are much older. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. this was what the twenty fifth, twenty fifth or twenty so. fifth anniversary, twenty fifth or thirtieth, somewhere in there. Yeah, I it think might it's have, it might have been thirtieth. Now that you mention it, um, and you could tell that the second and third doctors were older, but that's okay. I, you know, they still looked okay, mm-hmm. and they were in their outfits, and you know, they had wigs, but that's okay too. But um, <laughs> uh, I I enjoyed seeing them. Yeah. I love the second doctor. I, I, I think I really think the second doctor is one of my all time favorite. I don't know why. It's just something about him. Yeah. I really like him. Yeah. Um it was even fun seeing the third doctor again. He even and I only say that because he's he he's one of the he was a pretty big jerk. He yeah. talked down to everybody. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um and he wasn't that bad in this, but so those were the two things that annoyed me. The things I loved, I gotta see the second doctor again, and he's great. I gotta see Jamie again, even though it wasn't really him. When did they bring back Ben and Polly for this too? 
who who was it that they pulled for the first doctor? Let it me was think. the first doctor was Susan, I believe. Yeah, that was but, that but was they the didn't, actual. But they didn't actually. I'm trying to think. Oh, it's the, just the Daleks, wasn't it? That was their illusion. Yeah, yeah. Because and it, and it's not like he pulled the. They didn't pull the Doctor and Susan, because it would have been after Susan was gone. They pulled the Doctor and then he come across Susan while they had the Daleks illusion thing going on, which mm-hmm. which is odd. Yeah, and, but um, that wasn't an illusion though. The Dalek was it? It blew itself up. Oh, maybe it wasn't. They did this some little like stick it in the corner and it'll shoot itself trick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with mirrors and stuff. But it yeah. came out to like all you have to do is get behind it and push it around. You yeah. know that yeah, type yeah. of thing again. Why are the Daleks like the most evil thing in the universe when it's like throw a blanket over it? There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, They're so easy to thwart in in the earlier stuff at least. Who did they pull with the second Doctor then? I'm trying to remember. This may not be an interesting podcast, but I want to know. Um, I think he ended up with um, Sarah Jane. The third Doctor and Sarah Jane. Oh. Yeah, the third Doctor yeah. got yeah, Sarah Jane. I do that was all the, the time. I mix... the was it Brigadier? It was the Brigadier. The yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the second Doctor and Brigadier. I, I, was, I was... Well, Sarah Jane's been with so many of them. Yeah, I know. But no, I was... I always mix up the second and third Doctor in my head. Mm. For some reason, it it just seems like... And I know it. I try to stop myself, but I still do it constantly. Yeah. Um, well, the third doctor older. came in with color, and the second doctor was almost, was always black and white. Well, that doesn't. But help they also color. share. They also share the brigadier and and that whole unit mm-hmm. kind of thing. Plus the three doctors, you know. I that, think they, you know, they really solidify that. I think it's because I I think they should uh, go down in age, and the third Doctor seems older than the second Doctor, and so that's just the way it should go. The oldest one is the first one, then the next is the second, and then the next is the third, and so on. That's almost the way it seems to work. Yeah, almost, but it's not quite, and it throws me (laughs) every time. Yeah, because now you've got uh, Peter Davison, who's like the youngest Doctor to play the role up to that point, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now you're going to go up in age again. After him. So Tom Baker. And uh, I like that they, like, worked out a way that he played a role in it, in the Mm -hmm. plot, in that, for some reason, he got stuck when they were trying to take him. And the reason they were able to do all that was because that doctor was stuck. And if he became unstuck, well, then it wouldn't work. So hopefully he stays stuck Mm -hmm. in this in this 80s a video transition thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you know that uh, footage is actually from Shada. Yeah. Which is the missing episode or the episode they didn't finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we have a version of that where, um, you know, they cut together what they have. And then I don't remember if it's by episode or if occasionally it just cuts away to Tom Baker. And it looks like it's from the eighties. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's an older Tom Baker, and he's talking about you know what happens in the missing. Scenes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which was good fun. Yeah, I've got the DVD for that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had seen that before. We seen the five-ish Doctors reboot, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that the they. So I knew they took that footage from 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 Shada or Shaba mm-hmm. Shada, um, but I didn't realize they specifically took like that weird time scoop thing footage yeah, from the from five the doctors. Five doctors. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what was. And then and then the uh, what was it the um, 
his voice message, his voicemail greeting. I'm trapped in a time loop. I mean, at least they try to still work it, like the character as a plot point in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've heard some people say they're not super thrilled about the five doctors, like the storyline. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was, you know, it was fun. It was just an excuse to like, let's bring these doctors and companions and we're just, what are we going to do? Well, we'll just have them, we'll throw them in a desert and they got to try to get get to this castle. And it's just kind of an excuse to have them on screen for a while. Yeah. And I it's thought kind it, of a convoluted plot and it's uh-huh. really hard to put that many doctors together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like the scenes to, where they are together, pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty mm-hmm. magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it worked mm-hmm. and it was fun. There were there were a lot of things I liked about it. I already referenced earlier the the little uh, um, yeah the, the guard robots. On robot. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, oh yeah, that was from that because the third Doctor and, and Sarah Jane were yeah. hiding from him. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily like just because they've done it so many times the like political strife in freaking Gallifrey. Yeah. But yeah. um, you know, whatever they have to have some way to get that in is. There. I think that is forever kind of an ongoing disappointment with me and the series in general mm-hmm. having. And I guess if you started just at the beginning, you would might feel that still, but going from like the new series where there's no Gallifrey that he talks about Gallifrey sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you start the classic series and you actually get to Gallifrey. It's always, always just political struggle. Anytime they go to Gallifrey, I know, which Makes sense that the doctor's not into that junk, and it makes sense that he's always trying to get away. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of disappointing as a viewer that anytime you get back to this like magical Gallifrey, or if you want to look at it like this horrible place where doctors always trying to escape from, mm-hmm. it's disappointing that it is just uh, old, old, old guy, old British guys arguing politics. And yeah, but what I do like, which is kind of part part of the reason I brought it up, other than you know not just to naysay, but. Uh... But I do like that, again, they tried to make the Doctor president. <laughs> and I'm like, he, yeah, freaking, yeah. he could rule the Time Lords. But he and doesn't want for, it. For, yeah. I don't know how many times this is now that he could have. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to do it. And I, I love that. Yeah, he's always, he every time, he's always trying to escape from that. Mm-hmm. If Either, like, something bad happens, he's trying to get, even when it's not something bad, it's good. He's, he's well, potentially good. He's a president. He's, yeah. Yeah. He runs away. Yeah. In the meantime, you're in charge. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought what happened to what essentially became the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. With the um, I mean, it was also like he should have seen it coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was kind. Of, it was particularly the effect of like you know the face coming through the mm-hmm. ever they they had that body yeah. on. When the funny thing is, like, at, I had seen the five doctors. I had gone back to to get the five doctors after I had seen um, was it the end of end of time? Oh yeah. Where we see we see Rassilon in the uh, in their chambers, you know, the Time Lord High Council and their mm-hmm. plans and whatnot and that. And so when I see uh, Rassilon in in the uh, in the five doctors, he's got that epic red mustache. <laughs> I'm like. Whoa, you know, it's just absolutely not what I was expecting. And I should know better because the Time Lords regenerate, of course, but it was like, whoa. Well, and and that was, I mean, it's just something I'm going to have to deal with, but 
I get really confused about Rassilon and and the whole beginning of the of the Time Lords mythology stuff. I'm like, okay, so is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What's all this? There's all these different weird things that that get added in all the time, and yeah. I I I it, it's hard for me to keep track of it sometimes in my head. But that's that's what's gonna happen, yeah, hard I guess. To, hard to, hard to explain Rasselon because he does kind of bounce back and forth between being that super um, legendary hero mm-hmm. and not necessarily doing what we would consider morally right. Mm-hmm. Right. The time scoop mm-hmm. itself, the effect. Mm-hmm. What a bizarre thing. Mm-hmm. What it, like just the way it looks. <laughs> this like spinning triangle bugle comes down and and sweeps him away. It's like it's like they put him in the in the phantom zone, a la Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I found interesting rewatching the 50th anniversary special was they don't. It's not a time scoop, and they don't call it the time scoop. But the portal opens up between like the you know the three doctors mm-hmm. and the Fez comes oh, through yeah, and all yeah. that. The portal itself has a very time scoop look. It doesn't move around or anything, but it's a triangular type thing, and it's got that like it's kind of like like the time scoop looks like a see through cloth, mm-hmm. like a, a kind of a mm-hmm. white see through cloth that spins around, and that's totally the look the portal has in the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm willing hmm, to bet. They, I wonder if that was a nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that would be my guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what they call it. It's not a time scoop because it doesn't scoop anything up. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Huh. And you know, as far as the two go, I've preferred the fiftieth. You preferred the fiftieth over did. the five doctors. I did, but then again, that it had a lot, a lot more doctors to love uh, going on in there. So, in in what in the fiftieth? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fourth was actually there, and it was like one of my favorite parts was the end with him. Oh yeah, that's so funny, isn't it? Uh That that Tom Baker's not going to be—he's not around for the five doctors, but the fiftieth anniversary special. He's the one classic doctor that makes it. Well, well, I was wondering—I was if if it was because he wasn't Mm. in the uh, previous one that they were like, well, we'll let him be in this one then. It kind of seems like, or if it's just because everyone loves him because he's awesome. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a lot of fans. I don't. I, I don't know the history of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is he was the doctor for a long time, and then was like, you know, I'm done with this or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, he he kind of put some distance between himself and Doctor Who for a long time. And it seemed like it. It seemed like more recently. Um, my impression was that so he started doing the audio plays, mm-hmm. which are great, by the way. All the fourth yes. Doctor ones that I've listened to have been pretty good. Um. But it seems like he started doing the audio plays, uh, and I want to say I heard that initially there was trepidation on his behalf. He, you know, if he wanted to do it, so he'd give one a try, and and ended up enjoying it. So they're doing more, and I wonder if maybe that's kind of what helped open open him back up to like eh, maybe I'll do this Doctor Who thing again, you know? Uh huh. Um, yeah. But he's great in the fiftieth. He still has that mischief about him. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. He's got. Just the the little the exchange he has, like he still comes across as 
the same doctor and he's got the same weirdness and kind of manicness and mm-hmm. it's really yeah, yeah it's really good yeah i like it and that's the doctor they even say it like they 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 jokingly back and forth like talk around so that you like the fans like well well who is he what is he blah 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 it's yeah the doctor mm-hmm. when i've heard a lot of interesting uh theories on that like um I don't know, like what, you know, one of, one of the theories that I just thought was really interesting was that, uh, like what they did, um, may have caused, uh, may have caused it so that each of his, uh, regenerations could continue on in some form. I mean, it's one of those weird out of left field Mm -hmm. theories, but it was like, huh, you know, like. Uh, because because they went ahead and saved Gallifrey and rewrote time and essentially created some sort of a paradox, you know, does that open does that open it up so that these other regenerations can go on? But at the same time, they also just allude to the fact that maybe he'll go back to being the fourth Doctor again, just because mm-hmm. he can. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like if, if you go back to like uh, Romana. Like certain certain time lords are really good at their regenerations. Like Romana could just try on new faces. Yeah, yeah. regenerated. It's like he's never been good at it. He's never liked regenerating, and he's never gotten a handle on it. But that's not to say that maybe he wouldn't. I mean, he's got a whole nother cycle of regenerations now mm-hmm. that he can play with. So when you regenerate that many times, you got a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Visit some old faces. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, I was gonna say also, uh, with John Hurt, mm-hmm. um, I was concerned uh, how it was gonna go. It was gonna be Just too like how they were gonna work him in, or it, well, yeah, how they were gonna work him in, and how um dark it was gonna get mm-hmm. not that i mind dark i like dark but you know mm-hmm. yeah, doctor you wanted to be happy it's a... well uh but they did it really well it all worked for, for very good the p- possible darkness well they th- okay they throw the in in the 50th they throw the the three doctors mm-hmm. like it when they're all together mm-hmm. it's it's brilliant like yeah. it's so it's it's so fun, uh-huh. and the writers I think have a chance to poke fun at the show itself, and mm-hmm. they do, and it's great. Oh yeah, and then there's just great little things, and John Hurt, John Hurt, I mean, it, I mean he's in this, he's in it a lot, but obviously he doesn't have much time as a doctor, you know, yeah, yeah. in the show, but just little things like when he first comes across uh, ten and eleven. And he's like, you know, figure out, you guys are me, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and, and Matt Smith and David Tender stand there, and he goes, you're me, both of both of you? And they're like, yeah. And then he, he, he like... Even that one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he turns slightly away from Matt Smith and looks at Tennant, and he's like, even that one? And it's just the way he, the way he delivers it is perfect. <sighs> well, it's, it's funny because, like, it's almost, be- you know, like, I think that that part was originally written for um, Eccleston, mm-hmm. but it's so perfect to have this war doctor because 
even though he's completely the construct of New Who, you know, like the the modern era of Doctor Who, he acts as this beautiful bridge between classic Who and modern Who. Even though he's a modern Doctor, mm-hmm. he's uh, you know, like he has that classic Doctor vibe about him, uh-huh. where he where it's it, it reminds me of the way that Hartnell reacted to uh, Pertwee and Troughton in The Three Doctors. I mean, it's very reminiscent of that kind of interaction. Like, oh, a dandy and a clown. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. They even kind of, like, because he ends up with names for them. um, Well, one comes from Matt Smith, but uh, Sand Shoes and... I I can't remember what he calls... Uh, Sand Shoes, Chinny, and Granddad. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's really good. Um I just realized I've I've been trying to slowly turn up my my headphones, uh, and I've been turning Melanie's up instead. And I was like, "Why isn't Why is it Jesse getting louder?" <laughs> you're probably about blowing out Melanie's eardrums now. You all right? You yeah. Can... When I when I pointed at myself, you're like, "Oh, like you you want me to turn yours well, up?" Yeah. I and tur- I was trying to be like, "No, you keep turning mine up." <laughs> okay. So so uh, yeah, I went to turn up my headphones and I turned it up a little bit, and then she's like pointing at her, and I'm like, "Oh, you need it up louder too." So I turned the dial up that I thought was her, and mine got louder. I was like, "Oh, oh whoops!" <laughs> okay. Sorry, I mean, it is. It, I am going to turn it down just. just okay, switch, the new setup but... has so many dials. Um, <laughs> that's like the third time you've turned my up. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, "Why isn't Jesse getting louder?" I keep turning my headphones up. <laughs> I thought I was on that channel. Anyway, um, I like the plot line. From the fiftieth anniversary, mm-hmm. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty good. Like, I, there was a lot of hype mm-hmm. for it, obviously, mm-hmm. and it, it lived up to it for me. Yeah, like, I wasn't disappointed at all. I no. wonder, I wonder how many years of life Moffat lost writing this. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because it is. It's it's practically pitch perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody that has super big things to nitpick about it. Uh, I don't know why. You know, I yeah. feel like they're. I feel like they're just being contrary because mm-hmm. there's. It's so airtight in in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and and I'm really glad because, you know, I like I like a lot of the stuff that's come about through Moffat's um, era. Era, show, yeah, but. There's been so many times when they build these things up to be these big grand things, and then and they kind of fall short. Flat, yeah. And I, I was like, I really don't want to be disappointed by this. And that's you know another part of the. I'm like, oh, with the John Hurt thing, I'm like, eh, I don't know how mm-hmm. that's gonna work. Um, but yeah, I was so happy that it it ended up being as great as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, was it's kind of funny because like. Moffat, it, it's it's strange because it's like as Moffat's writing started to deteriorate throughout his, I, mean, I don't want to say that it got worse, but it it feels like sometimes it got worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it, like it was super solid in in season five. Not to say that everything about season five was great, but like season five, he started super strong. It was a totally new direction, which not everybody loved, but it, but a lot of the writing was really good. And Matt Smith was kind of, um, getting, you know, like getting his footing mm-hmm. in that first season as it went on. Moffat's writing 
did not improve, but Matt Smith's acting did yeah. uh-huh. and started to carry it started to carry the show a little bit, you know. Yeah. Like it's like you you forgave some of the horrible mistakes in writing because Matt Smith somehow could pull it off. Yeah. And I think well, I think uh, a part and this is, you know, a little get this is I don't want to try to turn it into like Pylon Moffat all of a sudden after we just praised him for mm-hmm. this, but Part of it is, like, falling back, like, you find something that kind of works or that people seem to enjoy, and then you just fall back onto it, fall back mm-hmm. on it over and over until, like, it's just sickening. Like, just a certain yeah. attitude or just certain things uh, within the show that it seems like you just fall back on over and over like again. Like Daleks that have been destroyed entirely yeah. 14,000 times that's and keep coming totally, back. That's not totally Moffat's fault either. Because, no, I, um, I know. It, it happened way before him. It just... Yeah, um, but yeah, a little bit. And I love I love Daleks anyway. It's just it's, it just annoys me that they that they try to play it off like it's the end of them. Just don't even try because you know it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and uh, the Moffat era with Matt Smith has been kind of punctuated with this this theme of almost being a fairy tale, uh-huh. and it sounds like now the key, the Capaldi stuff is going to be more about the consequences of things mm-hmm. than than that whole fairy tale ending, which which I'm pretty excited to see. Me too. I like I I, at times I I didn't mind like it was clear when Eleven came on, um, and apparently only America got the intro before the actual intro with, with Amy Pond talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They really pushed this like fairy tale feel to the show. Sometimes I liked it. And then other times I just didn't, I just didn't care for it. It's like, it's mm-hmm. just, just back off of that a little bit, you know? Yeah. Because it feels like they, at times they'd almost use it to like, as an easy out, like to yeah jump. I don't not jump a shark, but like to like, well, how do we get out of this corner? Oh, well, let's do this. Well, isn't that a bit much? It's a fairy tale, you know? Speaking of sharks, a really good illustration of that is, like, the difference between the two two Christmas specials. Um, The Christmas Carol special, which literally has a shark in it, uh, and... (laughs) The uh, the the next one, which I have not gone back to watch because I don't particularly enjoy it all that much. Is that the, uh, which uh, was with the wardrobe? The it was the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe knockoff. People, as far as the title, people, I, I might have to actually rewatch that one because people do not like it, and I remember enjoying it. But I is... enjoyed it on the first on the first go around, but it's it's kind of like when you watch Avatar. It's like you enjoy it on the first go around, and then you start thinking about it. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, there's so there's you know like like well, I've got a I've got a tap that that runs only lemonade, and it's like mm-hmm. on one hand you're like, okay, that's that's kind of an eleventh Doctor thing, and. It's kind of just dumb. It's just too... <laughs> you know, like I can't tell which one it is. That's actually a pretty good example of what what bugs me about. Uh, it happens off and on all throughout New Who, but what bugs me about Moffat's era specifically, overly cutesy at times. Mm-hmm. Like you can have fun moments, and it can be cutesy once in a while, but like too much, too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. I'm glad that uh, hopefully the the with the new doctor with Capaldi, it'll be less of that fairy tale feel 
because I'm ready for some. We'll never get a really dark doctor, but I, that's just the way I am. I want to dark everything. I want a dark Doctor Who, but it's not going to happen. And I'm fine with that because that's not really Doctor Who. But I want like a more a harder science fiction. Yeah. Doctor. Yeah, that's uh, part of my beef with it all too. Is you can go anywhere in space and time, and they choose to go to like this to, uh, fantasy land. <laughs> go go to more awesome places and do more awesome things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I want to. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they they push that more in the classic series with the limited technology that they had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and yet now, where does the doctor go throughout the uh, Russell T Davies and and uh, Moffat run? They they wind up on an awful lot of spaceships, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. a, lot, a lot of a lot of spaceships, a lot of space stations. Uh, they go to Earth in the future a lot. And awful, I mean, yeah, awful lot of Victorian age London, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. which they even made a. I'm not sure what episode, but they even make a crack about that at some point. But I'm like, yeah, but okay, maybe they have a lot of sets laying around because they tend to do a lot of like period pieces. Yeah. Uh, BBC tends to do a lot. Of, it seems like they tend to do a lot of period pieces, and they're good at it. They have the scenery, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> stop it. Well, now they have a reason because they have cast members. They've got the the gang. They've got Strax mm-hmm. and and ba- Vastra and Jenny. So, like, now they have this reason to go back there, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Doesn't mean they have to. I guess, I guess they, I guess there's a story penned where they will, they will be involved with the new Doctor, which might be interesting to see how he gets on with Strax and Vastra, and that could be interesting. I could be hmm. wrong, but I want to say the first, I, I want to say they're supposed to be in the first episode. Yeah. There's, oh wow! I could oh. I could be wrong. There's people that know though because yeah. those scripts leaked. Yeah, I don't want to know, so don't tell me if you find. I, out. I don't know anything. No. That is one thing though. The BBC and Moffat have said it in the past when uh, that one Doctor Who special was released on DVD and sent oh, yeah. out before it actually aired. Um, in general, the Doctor Who fans like they'll get this leak stuff. Mm-hmm. They're really good about not giving out spoilers. Mm-hmm. And Moffat and them in the past have been like, well, thanks. That's, you know, you guys are great. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't spoil it for everybody. And yeah, they're generally, they are like, it's. Yeah. You, I haven't run into any spoilers whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, if the show's already ran, I mean, if it's aired, you got to be careful. But in terms of sure. like, yeah, this, these leaks and stuff, mm-hmm. you have to search it out if you want to find it. Otherwise it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not, it's not common just to come across it. And mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah. And I was going to say real quick about the about the leaked stuff. Um Okay, like the one guy who left left a script in a taxi. It's it's a dumb mistake and whatever, but you know, stuff happens. Uh but yeah, like the the what is it? Five or six other ones. Yeah, they need yeah. to like fire everybody who works at that location cuz that I think, that was I think that they did. done on I, purpose. That actually happened. Well, yeah. Like, fired well they should because that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah have you yeah. heard have you heard the deal with that at all jesse um i've just i've heard snippets of it uh, i've heard that yeah that they cleaned house but i've also heard that there's like even um 
some rough cut mm-hmm. um, like actual video out now of some of those like none of not with like effects added in or anything. And the worst part is, isn't it all coming from America? Yeah, well, like, yeah, it's it was a um, it was a Latin. It was like a, a Latin American affiliate set up in Miami, right? Yeah, I think it was Miami. So it was an American affiliate, and yeah, it was they uh, scripts and then and video files were transmitted over there, sent over there, and intercepted somehow. And initially, they're like, "Well, they're encrypted; they're not going to be able to unencrypt them." But they did unencrypt them. Why would you ever yeah. assume that they're not going to be able to unencrypt well, them? Yeah. In this day and age, exactly, really? exactly. Um, like they they were probably uh, intercepted by people who could do your job better than you and transmit stuff without getting intercepted. You know, they're going to yeah. be able to figure out how to crack these video files. No, yeah. this is Doctor Who. They need to take this seriously and send like a guy with a briefcase handcuffed to himself <laughs> to take this yeah. stuff over. It's like it's like the. Uh, was it J.K. Rowling? <laughs> the way that she would travel with these uh, these Harry Potter scripts or whatever, like under lock and key. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about all I got. I thought I thought there might be something else, but I think that might be about it. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, if- the 50th is kind of hard to review because it's you know, what, what can we say that hasn't been said mm-hmm. and it's hard to be really critical about something that's so airtight. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going to say, if we, if we wanted to, I could probably continue talking about Dr. Who all night, but yeah, let's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm i uh, I'll be interested. Uh, I think the next fifth doctor that you guys get is you're going to see the return of an, of a, of a villain from uh third doctor. Oh, really? Which, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll be I'll be interested what you think of the next one. Uh it it moved a little slow for me. <laughs> but but at the same time it's with the entire Fifth Doctor era, you have to like take a step back and then look at what's actually happening and then it's it's almost more epic when you realize like when you take a look at it like you remove yourself from it. Like like the whole terminus uh, episode. The way you put uh, that was, or, yeah. The way you put that was great, and I was like, now that you mention it, that's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it, it becomes super epic, um, and and there are moments in this next episode that you guys are gonna watch. Um, I think it's called Warriors of the Deep or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. We just yeah. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. We actually we just started that. We're Oh, so have you seen? So you've got the reveal on what the the bads are. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I think we're one or two episodes into that one. There is in 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 that serial. Uh, there is an there's a creature in there that is like the biggest gaffe as far as like unbelievable monsters. Is it the big? <laughs> Maybe we're a little further. Is it a no, big maybe you, maybe you've dinosaur seen quite a, looking type thing almost? Wait. Yes. That breaks through the door. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, and the door falls bad. on um the door falls on what's her face? Is it is Tegan still there? Yeah, yeah Tegan oh. Tegan and Turlo are still around. Yeah. When does Tegan go away? 
I am not a TV. I think, I think it's coming up. I don't. I don't want to tell you for fact. But, yeah, that's yeah. fine. But, oh, yeah, I we thought we, we thought we'd gotten rid of her, but we were wrong. <laughs> no, no. I'm pretty that's sure. It's funny that you guys have kind of disdain for her because she's like fairly well loved. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. I, I don't see why. She's got a lot of love in in the, in the classic fandom for whatever reason. Oh, Braveheart, cool. Tegan. Braveheart. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. So but yeah, no, I, I I've never totally gotten the appeal for her either. Mm. Although I I don't know, cert, the community reacts to certain characters oddly, and you know that's a weird thing to say. I guess um, it's like almost separating me out of it. But like the general, when when I was at that panel I mentioned earlier at British Fest, and the guy was going through um, companions, companions, he come to Dodo, and when he came across her. It got a laugh, and I don't know, maybe it was just her name, but it uh-huh. like it got a laugh, and I was like, I liked Dodo. I was really disappointed <laughs> that she just went away because she was, I don't know, was there was, she was interesting. Mm-hmm. She had a fun name, but like she was just like some chick that stumbled across him. I don't know. I liked Dodo. I thought she was interesting, but... Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember you going on about it a little bit. Like, <laughs> she's, she's quirky and fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dodo, and she she was barely there, but she got a laugh, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm. "What people don't like Dodo?" Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, all right, let's wrap this up with a bow. Do it <laughs> with a bow. With a bow. Everybody, go to GrawlixPodcast dot com to listen to this. Listen to new episodes. Um, email us. We want to hear your words. We have no emails. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, letters at grawlixpodcast.com and that's that's oh and how to, how how can people get this podcast if if they're oh, not just getting it off of the website you're Mr. randy you're good if you're not <laughs> if you're listening to this on the website or maybe you're just hearing this on youtube uh grawlixpodcast.com you can get the rss feed and you can throw that into um most most like audio player applications on your computer will download those but the simpler option would be to go to itunes and search up the grolux podcast or go to our website and hit the link or you can listen to us on stitcher at stitcher.com and search us up there or also hit the link from the website um I want to say there's another way you can get us oh mixcloud i believe i think i'm putting us on mixcloud mixcloud.com we're on there too. You listen to us all kinds of places. Hey, speaking of <laughs> speaking of listening to us, in the last episode we mentioned that you might have an album coming out. Oh, holy crap! Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> this is the this is the episode of segues. I, I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, for us here in the past. Tomorrow is July 30th, and that is when my album will be released. But for you and the future listener, the album will be out. Uh, I put out an album. Uh, the The artist title I work under is Control-Alt-Destroy. Um, don't spell it how it sounds. Uh, and the album, it's an EP uh, called Redeemer. Um, it's like a, uh, I guess the best way to sell it to what I would assume is our target audience would be um, it's like a '80s uh, science fiction movie soundtrack. It's got that. It's synthesizer heavy. 
Um, I take I took a lot of influence from stuff like Terminator. In fact, there's been we were just talking about Doctor Who. There's been a lot of like the '80s was real iffy when it comes to music. The '80s Doctor Who music goes both ways. There's times when it makes me cringe, but there's sometimes like the the five doctors specifically had some really good like score synthesizer score in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if that if if you like something like that, you might want to check it out because I definitely took influence from that type of stuff too. Um, Blade Runner, Blade Runner, Blade Runner for sure. Mm. Um, I love you know it's those specifically. I mean, it'd be horror movies too, but specifically usually science fiction. Movies and TV shows from when you were a kid, well, when we were kids anyway, mm-hmm. um, in the 80s into the 90s, because then you had the VHS explosion when all those 80s movies were still still circling through, cycling through. Um, it's a lot of nostalgia and takes influence from all that stuff. It's got that sound. Um, and you can get that if uh, the simplest way is to go to electronicmusiciansgroup.com. Um, right on the front page, it'll have a link to it. Um, you can click music and you can go there to listen and download it. Uh, it should, by the time you're listening to this should be on iTunes. You can check it out on iTunes, uh, Google play, and you can get the digital download on amazon.com. I won't have the physical CDs ready just yet, but, um, if you are still rocking a physical medium, uh, like they might back in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> um, if you're still you're gonna rock- make a mixtape, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're still rocking that, uh, I will have physical CDs on Amazon before too long. Just not yet. I wanted to do the digital first, and then maybe prepare a little bit different um, packaging for the physical. But, but yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there are, like, and it was before I was working on this specifically, but there's, all through Doctor Who, it's almost always synthesizer score mm-hmm. in the old stuff from the 60s till where we're at in the show, the 80s. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like, it's, there's not a lot of middle ground. Occasionally there'll be that, like, like that goofy sounding stuff where it's a little cringeworthy. But then occasionally, especially certain episodes, I don't know if it's different composers they'd have work on it. But, like, sometimes their musical score will just it will just hit me. They'll hit, like, this really cool a synthesizer tone or creepy tones. Um, and, act, and actually, the Doctor Who... I hate to go on about this. The Doctor Who theme itself is a pretty big influence because it was, like, a milestone for electronic music. Mm-hmm. It was the way they were... The way they came up with the original Doctor Who theme song... Um, Oh yeah, really, it's early it's early electronica, isn't it? Yeah, it hadn't really been done like that before, and in a way it's like an early version of how we sample and uh sample music and use samples in a sound engineering style way in a lot of modern electronic music. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when the music the music becomes almost like a character mm-hmm. um, throughout. And they just recently put out like a huge box set of music. Um through Doctor Who. Yeah, I heard about that. I'd be interested to check that out. Um, so, But yeah, cool. there you go. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we segue into our, into our outro? Um, 
<laughs> How do we segue into the outro? This is Melanie, and I love the smell of garlics in the morning. What does garlic smell like? Hubert <laughs> <Uh-oh>. rage. <laughs> this is Randy. It's your garlics, Marty. Something's got to be done about your garlics. And this is Jesse. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it just keeps getting funnier every Grolix time I see it. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. To hear more, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GrolixPodcast and like us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash GrolixPodcast. Can I see your phone? Yeah. You can see my phone. You gotta look something up. Look at quote. Yep. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm trying to look up something specific, but your phone's slow. It is. Well, it's not on the Wi-Fi either because our Wi-Fi sucks. Yeah. I need to figure out how to set up a static IP. It's just that sounds hard. We need we need to take advantage of the uh, Cox thing. Yeah. They're the upgrade the our modem the. Or... Dual band modem, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What does that mean? It means the battery's dying. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's the after credits uh, clip right there. (laughs) What does that mean? The battery's dying. (laughs) 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 Oh, man.